0: in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene
1: Steinberg. With Gene and with Chris, Chris being on remote this week, but right now, let's begin to talk about why Chris is remote and not local at his home office recording studio. So Chris, tell our listeners where you are at this very moment.
2: Well, I've been working all week at the citizens' hearing on disclosure. I was hired as a um, as a videographer, camera person, and tech to help out, uh, you know, document this. Well, some people would like to think it's a historic occasion. Um, I must say, when I was first when I first heard about this uh, particular Stephen Bassett extravaganza, I was a little bit dubious that it would. Be anything more than an exercise, but you know, I think I, my mind has been changed somewhat with the quality of presentations, the quality of participants, and the fact that it um, it is at the National Press Club here in Washington, D.C., just two short blocks from the White House. And you know, it's been a whirlwind. Uh, it's been a really uh, interesting week. There's been quite a number of very interesting participants. Today was quite fascinating. Actually, we had uh, a whole. International Day. We had a number of people from uh, all over the world, including uh, the head of the largest UFO, uh, civilian UFO research uh, organization from China. You know, some names that Pericast uh, listeners, I'm sure, are familiar with. Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. Uh, uh, Antonio Huneas has been on at least five different panels. Uh, very, very articulate and extremely up to speed on international affairs. As it pertains to the UFO question, we had a whole contingent from South America as well. Uh, Five different countries were represented, A.J. Gavard, uh, a number of investigators from, um, well, from Argentina, Peru, um, Uruguay, uh, Brazil. Uh, It's uh, fascinating stuff. And, of course, (laughs) I I made the comment several times today that, uh, boy, this week has been like, a post student having to go back to first grade, the Congress people and senator that are making up this panel are not up to speed on the subject, and unfortunately uh, we really had to take them by the hand and lead them through the whole UFO subject. Uh, it was quite fascinating to see them get a very uh, up-to-speed education. They were paid uh, fairly well for their participation. Each one uh, received $20,000 for the week which when you think about it uh isn't too uh, terribly much money. Um uh, there's been some newspaper articles that have, you know, actually slagged them for accepting money to do something like this, but some of the writers of these articles probably get that much for a single hour presentation when they go out on the stump and 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 start doing uh, speaking tours. So it's kind of the pot calling the kettle black, I think. But uh it's been a fascinating exercise, Gene, and and uh you know, we've had, uh, we've had quite an uh, interesting turnout. I was hoping for satellite trucks outside, but, <laughs> but the mainstream media is just now starting to pick up on it. And we'll have to see, after all is said and done, how this thing really actually, you know, kind of, I don't know, hopefully it'll have some sort of impact in the media in the long run.
1: Well, I'm going to quote something right now from Leslie Kane, who, of course, has been a longtime researcher in UFOs, investigative journalist has written one of the few best-selling books about UFOs. And she was asked on Facebook, and because it's been quoted on our forums, I'll mention it, she was asked why she isn't in there. And she said, No, I wasn't invited. I don't support the premise upon which this is based. Already it has generated much ridicule in the media. We'll get into that in a moment. And her follow-up comment is, The premise is that there are extraterrestrial beings in communication with earthlings, stated as a fact, and that the governments of the world know this and have been covering it up for decades. Such unprovable assumptions are counterproductive when approaching government officials and scientists, and they invite ridicule by the media. That's what Leslie Kane said. Let me just yeah, add something I, to that. I,
2: well, Gene, before you go on, uh, I, I think she's actually uh, quoting articles uh, from writers who weren't here because those sort, sorts of uh, assertions were not made. In fact, uh, I think the participants on the panels were very careful not to make those types of assumptions. So Leslie is actually uh, playing into uh, the ridicule part of this, and I don't think is actually reflecting what has actually gone on here. So Continue.
1: Okay. I wanted to bring back here remembrances of Major Donald Kehoe. Now, Kehoe in the 50s, 60s, etc., was roundly criticized for being too politically correct in trying to generate hearings from Congress getting more scientific interest. So he would avoid getting involved in contact claims and reluctantly got interested in abduction claims. And anything that strayed from the basic UFO theory that these are solid objects that can be tracked on radar that leave trace evidence that fly in ways that exceed our scientific knowledge. He of course maintained they were spaceships, but he wanted scientific investigation. And we get to some of the paraphysical UFOs, the stranger aspects of it. He didn't want it. Now that was a representative of his personal belief. Now Whether or not that was representative of his personal belief is not important. It was being very careful, being very conservative in making presentations before people who are apt to be skeptical. You want them to first get interested in the subject, believe it's worthy of scientific study, and let them discover the stranger aspects of the mystery and all the side issues. That was his approach, and I gather Leslie Kane is taking a similar approach. Now, understand here, if you read some of the stories that have come out, And you've been tied up with the video camera all week, so I'll assume you haven't seen all of that. I I, I have not had a chance to, know. Okay. New York Daily News, for example. We have a story from the New York Daily News, and let me just put it here. UFO buffs beam up to well-paid ex-polls. New York Daily News. Now, New York Daily News is a tabloid newspaper. It can be a little extreme. So what they did, of course, is they emphasized the people with the propellers on their head. Someone wearing a T-shirt saying telos hollow earth okay another picture shows a congressman who has his fist on his face and he looks like he's about to go to sleep
2: well and i mean anybody that's ever seen a congressional hearing i mean you can grab any number of shots of congress people in uh, various poses uh like that that that's not uh, I, I don't think that's fair
1: it's common of course that if you're practicing gotcha journalism you will find a picture showing the person you want to depict in the worst light. Oh, so, if, for example, if you like President Obama, he's going to be smiling. If you don't like him, you find the picture where he's frowning for a second. And, of course, no individual, no human being can have a perfect face all the time. This is how it goes. Except Chris, for Eugene. Uh, right, because I don't like my face seen. My face is never seen in connection with anything. Therefore, I don't have to worry about the poker face. Right. But, okay, so you're going to respond to that before I go on to the other press clipping. Go ahead.
2: Well, again, I I really, you know, I I, I too, um, as I mentioned on the show last week, I was a little bit reticent about the possibility of this actually gaining any sort of traction inside the beltway here, or for that matter, gaining any sort of traction to uh, invite some sort of multinational uh, effort uh, for some sort of scientific conference, which which appears to be the way this whole thing may be headed, some sort of uh, General Assembly uh, resolution. But, you know, I I, I think it's it's important for people to understand that this hearing was actually very, very conservative in its approach. Uh, it was stated on, a no, on numerous occasions that we do not know what we are dealing with. The governments of the world apparently do not know the actual, uh, you know, who these pilots of these craft are. Um, obviously, it's been assumed by some people and some governments that a, it is likely that we're dealing with some sort of off-planet intelligence. Uh, but this, it was very, very clear from the presenters um, With a couple of exceptions in the House, Stephen Greer, Uh, there were a number of exceptions to that. But for the most part, everyone was very, very careful, I think, and very conservative in saying, look, you know, if we look at the facts, we really don't know, you know, exactly how the governments are thinking, what their thinking is on this, and and whether we are dealing with something off-planet.
1: I'll tell you what, we'll go off-planet if we don't make this break. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast.
3: Don't come about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. one 804 my tv The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So disable the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call one eight seven seven eight zero four 804 my tv right now to sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 in up to four rooms. And there's no equipment to buy. That includes your your free HD TV upgrade, your free DVR upgrade and your free professional installation and the best part, the pristine digital picture and sound. Call 1-877-804-MyTV. So, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-877-804-MyTV. 1-877-804-MyTV. Disable the cable, cut costs and get more. Call 1-877-804-MyTV. 1-877-804-MyTV.
4: They are ready to answer your questions at 800-686-2237. Again, that's
5: 800-686-2237. You've seen them on Doomsday Preppers. You've seen them on network television, Shipping Wars, and the History Channel. Now, now, the strongest shelters money can buy are here. Atlas Survival Shelters, made in America from 10-foot diameter galvanized corrugated pipe up to 11 times stronger than square box shelters and built to last up to 200 years. And you won't believe the amenities. Atlas Shelters contain microwaves, refrigerators, big screen TVs, water tanks, septic systems, bulletproof hatches, and much more. Virtually everything you have at home, just buried 20 feet deep and bomb-proof. See the amazing Atlas Survival Shelters at Atlas Survival com or call 1 855 4 BUNKER. That's 855 4 BUNKER or Atlas Survival com. Financing now available. Atlas Survival Shelters. Better prepared than scared.
6: To have a fighting chance against cold and flu bugs, get the world's best garlic extract, Allison Plus C. Fight viruses, bacteria, and fungi with Allicin Plus C. Scientifically proven in double-blind studies using low doses to greatly reduce the number, severity, and duration of common colds. Allison Plus C contains 300 milligrams of stabilized allicin, the active ingredient in crushed garlic. Studies show Allison Plus C is effective against MRSA, bacterial, fungal, and viral infections. One tablet of Allicin Plus C has the equivalent of 40 cloves of garlic. Allison Plus C supports your body's resistance to all types of conditions and can help lower high blood pressure and high cholesterol. So boost your body's resistance to infection with nature's best garlic extract. Allison Plus C. To order, call 855 Allison. That's 855-255-4246. Or go to AllisonPlus.com. Spelled A-L-L-I-C-I-N-Plus.com. Get Allison Plus C from Affinity Health Products.
0: We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast
1: community forums at forum.theparacast.com. With Gene and Chris on site near the National Press Club reporting on that citizen's hearing where they hired people from Congress and the Senate, pay them $20,000 a pop to listen to people testifying. And as you say, most of the people who were there, people like Antonio Honeas, Stanton Friedman, Richard Dolan, you know, really good people with straightforward presentations about UFOs.
2: Yeah, Peter Davenport. Sure. Uh, You know, I mean, we've had a number of very, very good presentations. Daniel Sheehan, uh, the list goes on and on, A.J. Gavard, just a wonderful um, cross section of the field. We've had visitors from as many as eight or nine different countries, possibly ten. I, I haven't really counted. So it was yeah, this whole thing was done in the approximate manner that a real congressional hearing was done. People had a little bit more time to present their information. They were a little lax on, you know, timing these things. We we all know that uh, congressional hearings can be very regimented uh, time wise. And uh, there were some uh, PowerPoint presentations were allowed, uh, certain images were presented. But when you get, uh, you know, uh, military pilots talking about firing 64 rounds of 30-millimeter cannon fire at an object that's, uh, that's just right in front of him and having having that object absorb these rounds, you know, we're talking about a colonel in the Air Force, in, in you know, the South American Air Force. I mean, this is riveting stuff, uh, no question about it. I, I was quite, actually quite impressed with the quality of presentations, for the most part. I am uh, generalizing here. There were some um, presentations that I would not have included. There are some that I would have included that weren't. But I, I think, uh, by and large, it, this has been an exercise uh, to show that it is possible to create a sober, conservative, well-thought-out approach to, to educating politicians and people in positions of power about this subject, and that it is there's very erudite, very well-spoken, very uh, learned people. We had a number of PhDs that presented. It's very difficult to take some of these people's uh, you know, very passionate uh, and, and I think very well presented bits of uh, information and presentations and, and just diss them the way some of the media undoubtedly will. Well, here's uh, the
1: problem, Chris. This is the big problem. The problem is not that 90% or 95% of the speakers are pretty sensible people it is those few percent who are controversial that they will seize on, the exception.
2: Yeah, I now, understand that, Gene. Sure. I understand now, that.
1: But obviously, we also would have liked to have had Stephen Bassett, who is the promoter of this event, to come on, but he's been so busy with this. And he's also, no doubt, upset with the way he was treated on the Paracast when he was on the show maybe six years ago. No, he
2: didn't mention anything about that. He's just really, really super sure. tied up and busy.
1: Yeah, because at that time, I think the areas where we disagree with him is not that he isn't sincere about what he's doing, but he allowed people who are more extreme to have a place at the podium. He wasn't maybe vetting his guests as much as he should have. And of course, one example would be one of the featured people, Stephen Greer, who has this picture or this movie of a six-inch Suppose alien body that's his big thing now let me ask you about that though with Greer we'll get back to more sensible stuff in a moment we did talk about Greer last week did you get a chance to see much of his documentary and his presentation
2: no I didn't uh, I was busy doing other things unfortunately at that point I haven't had a chance to see it I have heard some scuttlebutt about it uh, pretty much everybody kind of ignored it I didn't really hear many people talking about it the following day it didn't have the uh, the wow factor. I think that he was hoping for. Um, I think everybody kind of the people that did show up and watch it. You know, I, I didn't really hear much uh, talk about it. You know, I think uh, the little talk that I did hear about it was more about the uh, the whole uh, concept of alternative energy and and uh, and uh, zero point energy and, and, and the possibility of of coming up with some some sort of you know alternative energy to petroleum products and that seemed to be the topic of conversation uh, the little uh, miniature humanoid from the atacama was was you know people chuckled about it a little bit and and from what i understand that particular part of the documentary was not really the focus of the piece i mean that was just a, a kind of a sidelight really to uh, to the rest of the piece and you know i i will watch it uh <laughs> I ran into Kevin Randall um, as he was going down the elevator, and I said, well, Kevin, uh, so you're going back to the to the event? And he said, oh, yeah. And I said, oh, you're going to see the movie? And he goes, I have to. Too many people are going to ask me about it, so i got to go see it. And he kind of rolled his eyes. <laughs> I think uh, Greer, you know, and you have to really, uh, you know, if I if I just kind of look, look at his whole thing as objectively as possible, you, the one thing you do have to admit is the man is passionate. He may be misguided, he may be delusional, uh, he may be a lot of things, but one thing he is not, and that is uh, he he is not dispassionate about this subject. And, you know, I've known Stephen for 20 years. Um, I told him 20 years ago uh, in front of a lot of very, very wealthy individuals at a talk that I gave for them at his behest that his message is more important than he is. And uh, as soon as he realizes that, then I think his message will have a lot more impact but, you know, again, he's damaged goods, and I think uh, Linda Howe is another example of someone. She got up there and said the cattle mutilation phenomenon is extraterrestrials coming and gathering genetic material for, for the purposes of cloning, and to me, that is, it's such a leap, and, and it's such a, a just a grandstanding, sensation-grabbing-type comment and, and analysis on her part, and you know, I. You're right. You know, it doesn't take very many bad apples in in the barrel to kind of tarnish the rest of them. So it's unfortunate, but uh, you know, you have to take the good with the bad sometimes. And I've been so uh, you know just dialed in on on you know attempting to produce a on the fly you know quality streaming uh, project and, and, and video shoot that uh, you know it's it's been very difficult for me to get out and rub elbows and move and shake the way I normally do at these types of events, but um, I have had a chance to talk to a number of people. Uh, most people um, are actually surprised that the 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 mood and the tenor of this whole thing um, has an air of legitimacy in terms of the subject matter being presented in the manner that it's being presented. And and that, I think, has surprised some people, including myself. I, I don't, again, I don't see a snowball chance in hell of this ever Actually being taken up uh, on the floor of the of the U.S. Congress, no way, uh, no no way, shape or form.
1: Well, they did that uh, once in the '60s, and that didn't go anywhere. It no, took us it to didn't. the Condon report.
2: Exactly. Well, uh, the Condon report has been discussed in in uh, in some detail, and of course, you know the fact that Condon had already made his mind up before the report, the, the investigation even began. And the fact that he was actually tasked by the Air Force to make this subject go away, so we can close Blue Book. Uh, some very good evidence was uh, brought forth to support that particular assertion. Uh, very, very handily done by a number of researchers and uh, Stan Friedman, Grand Cameron, Antonio Huneas, and others. You know, they've uh, they've dug up the goods on the man in terms of correspondence and other things. There's been a lot of minutia in this whole thing. There's been a lot of supportive data. Uh, the Congress people, uh, by, by the end of day two, were really starting to ask intelligent questions. All
1: okay. right. Got a lot more to tell you about the special session, all the goings on at the National Press Club in Washington. With Gene and Chris, you're in the The GCN
7: Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN.
1: Great talk radio starts here. Hey, neighbors, meetings are an essential part of any business. You know, making presentations to clients, collaborating with your colleagues. Well, make them as simple as possible to run and organize. Use GoToMeeting by Citrix, the easiest, most reliable online meeting service. With GoToMeeting, you can schedule an online meeting in seconds. Attendees can join with just a click from anywhere. Meeting materials are viewed on everyone's screen. Making collaboration seamless. GoToMeeting is so easy to use for you and everyone joining your meeting. Plus, with GoToMeeting, hold as many meetings as you can for one flat rate. You have phone conferencing and voice over IP are included. You know, my listeners can try GoToMeeting free for 30 days, a month of unlimited online meetings free. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click on the Try It Free button, and enter the promo code PODCAST. That's GoTomeeting dot promo code podcast.
8: Mother's Day is next week, and Pro Flowers is offering an amazing Mother's Day special. 100 stunning blooms for mom, plus a free glass face, for just $19.99. Plus, order today and you're automatically entered for a chance to win an amazing trip for mom. Three lucky grand prize winners and a guest will be whisked away to your choice of Paris, Napa, or St. Thomas. Just go to ProFlowers.com, click on the microphone in the upper right corner, and enter the secret code 5454. Order now from Pro Flowers to get huge savings. 100 colorful blooms for mom mom guaranteed to stay fresh and beautiful for at least seven full days plus a free vase for only nineteen ninety nine. but hurry this incredible deal expires this friday and if you order this week you're entered for a chance to win a trip for mom to an incredible destination the only way to get this amazing deal and be entered to win the trip of a lifetime is to go to proflowers.com click on the radio microphone in the upper right corner and enter the secret code 5454 no
9: purchase necessary must be 18 or over restrictions apply see rules or website for details Got a simple question for you. Can you sell? Yes. Okay, can
10: you sell the intangible? If yes, and you'd like to work nine to five, Monday through Friday, with no overtime, no weekends, if you're passionate about not closing sales, but about opening relationships, if you truly have a desire to serve global clients who need your advertising expertise, and you're local to the Twin Cities and Burnsville, are hardworking, self-driven, with experience in sales, marketing, or advertising, are personable, and a whiz on the phone, GCN wants to talk with you right now. GCN. End, the Genesis Communications Network is one of the largest independent talk radio networks in the world, and we're hiring right now. We offer benefits and an excellent commission structure. Experience preferred, but we'll train the right person. Is that you? Submit your resume today to advertise at gcnlive.com. Again, that's advertise at gcnlive.com. Come work with the Genesis Communications Network, an equal opportunity employer.
11: What do you do when your propane runs out and you don't have a large amount of wood for cooking? That's when you need a Grover Rocket Stove from StockStorage.com. The Grover Rocket Stove starts easily with any combustible material like junk mail, small twigs, leaves, weeds, or dry sagebrush. Then just add a small amount of kindling wood and you'll be cooking entire meals in minutes. Grover Rocket Stoves are made right here in the USA and are built to last a lifetime using heavy-duty thick-gauge steel and are painted with high-temp paint to withstand heat. Go to StockStorage.com and see three great Grover Rocket Stoves, stainless steel, heavy-duty, or our original Grover Rocket Stove for only $135 and get free shipping to the lower 48. For phone orders, call 801-361-6984 or go to StockStorage.com. That's 801-361-6984 or StockStorage.com. The original Grover Rocket Stove minimal wood-use cooking stoves, available exclusively from StockStorage.com.
12: Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably
1: won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? With Gene and Chris on the Paracast, Chris is on scene or near the scene of the Citizens' Hearing on Disclosure taking place at the National Press Club. And I was asking you, Chris, about the press coverage. Earlier, we mentioned that the New York Daily News wasn't very happy about it. One of the bloggers made a big deal about the members of Congress who were there, the ex-members of Congress, and some of the sillier things they've said. And then there was a story I caught from the Washington Times before the event, where it was more or less serious, but mentioned the fact that a couple of years back, Stephen Bassett had sponsored a petition on disclosure with less than 20,000 signatures, went to the White House, and a response from the White House flunky, who said, of course, that they determined there are no UFOs, that's it. I saw a story in the Washington Post, which was okay. Are we seeing much media presence there, though?
2: Well, initially, no. Um, uh, There was very little, you know, mainstream, uh, you know, marquee-name publications here. We did have a photographer from the New York Times who was just blown away by the quality uh, of, you know, the presenters the first day and has been dogging for two days his uh, writer, who I guess would be covering an event like this here in D.C., and we do expect hopefully to have some sort of coverage from the New York Times. Um, We have seen some bloggers, some smaller uh, alternative news uh, writers here and stringers and, and whatnot, but You know, there's not. We don't have a line of satellite trucks down the uh, down the block uh, (laughs) by any stretch. That's to be expected. I mean, an event like this is. You know, I I mean, it it really doesn't have much of a chance to gain some sort of mainstream uh, coverage. I, I, you know, and all of us knew this going in. I think Uh, you and me have talked about this here the last couple of weeks. Since uh, actually, since this whole thing was announced. But uh, because of the quality of presentations and, you know, a certain level of gravitas actually has been attained, uh, much to my surprise, I think, in, in some, some sense. Uh, I do expect that we will at some point see some, some sort of uh, mainstream coverage. Uh, but again, you know, you would think here at the National Press Club, that the event would draw at least some attention uh, other than the, you know, whistling Twilight Zone theme, uh, Little Green Men type coverage that uh, evidently the Daily News, uh, New York Daily News supplied uh, its readers.
1: Well, a lot of it is, of course, that there are lots of other stories being discussed. Of course, they're still talking about the immigration law. They're still talking about North Korea, though that's died down. Obviously, the bombings in Boston, events in Syria, will the U.S. have to act? You know, all sorts of political stuff in Washington, which is getting first play, and maybe in terms of news, an alternative story of this sort is destined not to get the coverage, no matter what.
2: Well, you know, know, tell us all something we don't know. I mean, this has been you know uh, uh, pretty much the way it's been for the last uh four decades and and that goes with the territory it's, it's uh five steps forward uh, four and a half steps back you know constantly just getting any sort of recognition for the subject is uh, a, a a big deal we don't have larry king uh on cnn providing uh fairly balanced and and quality uh coverage of the subject and we don't have some of the other mainstream supporters of the subject out there uh, covering this, which, which comes as no surprise. I, I think your your point is well taken, uh, Gene. That you know Bassett's petition with the extraterrestrial slant on it, and uh, bringing the whole idea of you know just accepting the concept that uh, extraterrestrials are here interacting with us and responsible for the UFO phenomenon. You and I both know, and our listeners know, we've been saying this for years, that you need to be more conservative with the way you approach the subject and language the subject. I think it's really important to take that sort of conservative, ratcheted-back approach. You know, unfortunately, that has been the way that this whole thing has unfolded. It has unfolded in a way that's objective, that looks at the facts, that looks at the evidence that looks at documentation, that looks at release of material by governments around the world. And I I think if mainstream stringers and reporters had been here listening to this information, they would not have relegated it to the Friday night uh, Little Green Men end of the segment sort of local news (laughs) sort of jokes. It really has been presented well. I I actually am surprised at at how... um, trying to look for the word but it it just seems mature objective and sober the way the whole thing has been presented with one or two exceptions here and there but i think uh... by and large i think the people that were presented here uh... the subjects and the subject matter and how it was uh, conveyed how it was relayed to these um, you know retired basically congress uh... people and uh... i think we have a senator here as well a retired senator I mean, uh, they have expressed their um, astonishment at, you know, the revelations uh, that have been kind of put in their direction. I mean, we're talking hundreds of thousands of pages of documentation. Uh, We're talking hundreds of thousands of citing reports, and even if only 5% of these are real, we're talking about thousands of reports that deserve scientific attention these facts have really impressed these, these ex-congressional uh, people, and, and I think it's really come across in their comments, in the quality of their questions, and in their, their enthusiasm. I, I think that they're, they're actually trying to help the field come up with a way to get mainstream acceptance on a worldwide stage for this subject matter.
1: That would be a major question, of course, whether these ex-members of Congress even have the political clout anymore to persuade the people who are currently in those positions, either the people who replaced them or other colleagues they built up, especially those representatives who were in Congress for a number of years. They have to have all those alliances. But you kind of think also with UFOs, so many of them won't touch the thing with a 10-foot pole. Maybe these representatives are seriously listening. They're truly impressed by the kind of evidence with the few well, exceptions we talked they're coming about well, up
2: with workarounds up with the city I the city of the city of the state 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 of the u.s congress the I mean that that's pretty much uh, everybody agrees that that's just to a, a fruitful avenue to try to go down basically what they're what they're suggesting and i think what you know, a number of of the presenters are agreeing with is some sort of UN approach, some sort of multinational approach that almost shames the U.S. into doing the right thing. Obviously, I mean, it's been really demonstrated, I think, very effectively by the presenters that the United States basically is 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 captain in this whole thing and is running roughshod over disclosure. And uh, it, what they're proposing is an end around, get around the Security Council in the UN, uh, come up with some sort of, of, I don't know, say, uh, uh, Dan, you know, Daniel Sheehan and, and a group right now is actually coming up with a, with a, uh, an idea to present some sort of res- resolution to the General Assembly that would then restart what Grenada tried to do uh, back in the seventies. I mean, the only real attempt that's been made in a multinational level to my knowledge was back in uh I think seventy seven or sometime in the mid to late seventies when when the um premier kind of dictator or Padrone of Grenada tried to uh you know get a some sort of of international recognition for the subject and while he was busy doing that he was <laughs> handily deposed by uh, an invasion of Grenada under questionable pretense uh, by the united
1: states and obviously but, not because he was going to come out with ufo information but conspiracy theorists would say that with gene and chris you're in the Paracast.
7: america's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade we are The GCN Radio Network.
3: Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. one 804 my tv The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So disable the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call one 804 my tv right now to sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 in up to four rooms. And there's no equipment to buy that includes your free HD TV upgrade, your free DVR upgrade and your free professional installation and the best part, the pristine digital picture and sound. Call 1-877-804-MyTV. So, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-877-804-MyTV. 1-877-804-MyTV. Disable the cable cut costs and get more. Call 1-877-804-MyTV. 1-877-804-MyTV
13: ceramic body armor is rated to stop six hits but what about the seventh unlike ceramic or kevlar infidel body armor is proven to take hit after hit and it just won't quit reasonably priced and designed for the smart civilian prepper infidel stops hundreds of hits from small arms to high powered rifles that means safety and peace of mind buy yours at infidelbodyarmor.com spelled i-n-f-i-d-e-l bodyarmor.com. infidel body armor
15: Hey there, my name is Frank Bates. Do you know the number one most valuable item in a crisis? Some people think the answer is gold. Others think it's a gun. But the correct answer will shock you. I just created a free video at Crisis123.com that reveals a surprising item that is more valuable than gold in a crisis. 97% of Americans don't have this one critical item. In fact, they haven't even given it a thought. And the sad truth is that you may not survive without it when a real crisis hits and a starving mob is right outside your door. But I have to tell you it could literally make the difference between life and death for you and your family. Watch my video at Crisis123.com to discover the number one most valuable item in a crisis. You'll be shocked. See the controversial video that thousands of other smart patriots have already seen in the last three months. Go watch my video now at crisis123.com before they force me to shut it down. Again, that's crisis123.com.
4: A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even if I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there
8: This is Leslie Kane and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information and you are listening to the Paracast.
1: With Gene and with Chris and Chris is near the location of the Citizen Hearing on Disclosure which is being held in Washington, D.C. sponsored by Stephen Bassett. Now getting back to Mr. Bassett does his presence and his past history does that hurt events of this sort?
2: Well, that's you know that's a good question and uh and one that I would have to think about yeah, i think in one sense of the word sure it does uh he does have a you know a presence here in the d c area of course with the with the long time uh running of the x conferences uh near nearby Maryland but you know I think because he had this i don't know where he came up with it, but he had a six hundred thousand dollar budget to pull this thing off and
1: I heard that he found as they say, a rich person. They did mention him in the newspapers, but you know, to respond to what they say we'd have to attack that individual, which is not fair.
2: Yeah. You know, again, I money has a habit of speaking loudly, I think, and, and if you're able to fund uh an event like this that does show that um the passion and the follow through that you have for a particular subject, doesn't matter what it is, in this case, uh you know, Stephen does have a rather checkered uh, track record. Uh, one of the many, you know, we and we've talked about this, Gene, on the show, and other people have mentioned it, guests have mentioned it, that uh, if you, you mentioned it earlier in the conversation here that, you know, if you have a couple of bad apples in the barrel, it's going to taint everything else. And, you know, you do have to always keep in mind that the quality – the lowest common denominator, the quality of the of the least uh, uh, credible witness or or expert or person uh, presenting, is going to be the level of, upon which everything else is going to be uh, criticized or or judged. So, you know, that being said, of course, Stephen does have a history of, of presenting some questionable uh, individuals uh, at the X conference, and and. I think he did a much better job vetting presenters uh, this you know go around, and I think the this novel forum and um, format that he's chosen I think is is very creative. I uh, I really do feel that uh, I, I have been actually impressed with uh, the way this whole thing has gone. Uh, much to my actual surprise, I, I didn't think, uh, I thought I would be coming in here very jaded and very, uh, you know, just not believing that, you know, that, that you could pull something like this off. And he's actually doing it. Uh, this is being pulled off. And it's being streamed live. If anyone's interested, go to C- Hearing, uh on Disclosure.com. I, I'm not exactly sure what the website is. You can uh, help me out with that. I have-
14: I Assuming
1: it's going to be up after the event. It's citizenhearing.org, citizenhearing.org.
2: dot org. No, we're streaming live every day. So. Sure, but
1: this show is going to be heard after the fact, so will there be recorded oh, right, versions? Oh, right, right, of
2: course. Yeah, I, I'm sure there will be. I'm sure it will be available to stream in its entirety. I really felt that, uh, for instance, today, with the South American contingent coming in the uh, and the international presentations, are were fascinating, and I I learned uh, I learned something. I came into this thinking that you know I would not be really hearing anything new, but today was an exception. I did learn some new things. Um, I really feel that there is a paper trail that does indict the United States uh, in many ways. I mean, the United States has been very active. The intelligence communities, the the uh, armed forces, uh, the military. And NASA, even in some cases, has been involved very, very uh, directly and heavily with other countries' um, crash retrievals, alleged crash retrievals, and uh, sighting events. Project Saucer, I found out, which was a four-month, you know, the Brazilian uh, Air Force, basically, because of the Claris events and the events at the mouth of the Amazon River back in 77, where people were actually uh, being attacked, uh, quite enough uh, dozens of people were were severely injured. One person, uh, in one sense, uh, up to four people, and I've even heard stories of even more people were actually killed by UFO attacks. Uh, I mean, this is this is heavy stuff, and and these Congress people were were quite alarmed uh, at hearing this information. Of course, Jacques Vallee mentioned these uh, these. Particular incidents in his book, Confrontations. Bob Pratt wrote a book about it. Uh, they were quite amazed at this, and, and what amazed me was that Project Saucer was uh, only lasted for four months, from September through December, 1977, and if I remember the actual year. And then, as soon as uh, there was a actual face to face contact with the head of Project Saucer, who was in the uh, Brazilian Air Force officer they immediately they closed the project down as soon as the u.s. got involved as soon as there was direct contact allegedly uh... then the project was shut down when it was taken over by the u.s. military and intelligence services so that to me was a a bit of a revelation i did not know this information and there were a number of of very interesting you know kind of subtleties and 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 blatant examples of u.s. involvement in uh... the ufo subject overseas and I, I think this was, came as quite a surprise to many people, including uh, these neophyte Congress people who are being <laughs> given a, a, a pretty intensive education here in the last four days. It's It's been pretty intense for them, and, and they're hanging in there
1: with it. Now, Chris is talking to us on a Thursday. So it's Thursday's events, which included the Latin American visitors. Now, I understand from A.J.'s newsletter that they've set up some kind of channel to communicate with the government and UFO researchers there in recent months?
2: Yes, they have. Um, Actually, uh, according to AJ, there has been a a melding of civilian and and actual government investigative efforts and research efforts.
1: Now, imagine, Um, before you tell us more, imagine if the U.S. government hooked up with MUFON. It'd be like that. Right it'd be like
2: that uh, uh yeah, like a snowball's chance in uh i don't know Ibiza or something no no that I, I just said there's no way that that could happen. The fact that it has happened in Brazil, and the fact that the for instance the the Cometa report, which is the civilian report, but you know, in france, but uh, you know we have seen other countries that actually have. Uruguay, for instance, for many years, has had complete transparency at least you know we can we can say that uh based on what we know but these types of 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 scenarios I think are a lot more commonplace uh in South America and other countries uh than they 'll ever be here basically what's coming out of this is is the u s is cracking the whip on this and and everybody is following. The U.S. is lead to a certain extent, and the U.S. is the ultimate egg that needs to be be cracked before we'll get any sort of mainstream acceptance uh, for this subject, and so, and and most importantly, scientific uh, involvement uh, with the mainstream scientific community. It's uh, it's pretty apparent to me that that the U.S. is really calling the shots on this, and of course. The media uh, in this country, as we have talked about uh, already, is pretty much uh, there towing the line and and, uh, and maintaining this this uh, kind of air of of ridicule and debunking that's been in place since the Robertson panel in the early fifties when when the CIA decided that the only way to deal with this project uh, in, in in terms of the public is to ridicule it and, in their own words, debunk it. So, you know, 60 years down the road, we're still seeing this uh, very entrenched uh, uh, sort of approach by the media that's in place in this country. And that's not the case in other countries, uh, as, I, as I and others found out today.
1: Now, the thing to point out here is that do you think that all these years, the media conglomerates have been under the influence of the government of the United States to do this, or it's just a force of habit? Well, UFOs, it's a wacky subject. Why pay it attention if we have more important things to cover?
2: Well, I think there's a little bit of that, but I think that, that we've seen almost a, a ins- institutional um, sort of boiler response. Um, our... our Good friend and buddy on the Paracast forum forum dot paracast dot com, Lance Moody, who you know back in the early nineties was involved in in coming up with boiler plated responses, skeptical responses to media stories that would appear in in media outlets around the country. You know, I, I think it's it's become so institutionalized. Uh, at the behest of the government originally. Um, of course, the New York Times response to the initial Roswell story, I think, is a classic sort of typhoid Mary story.
1: By the way, Chris will tell you what that typhoid Mary example was as we continue with our coverage of the citizens' hearing on disclosure or no disclosure, as it were. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast.
12: Sergeant Dave Scott, Army Search and Rescue veteran, wants you to hear this urgent message. All emergencies have casualties, but in America, most casualties from storms like Katrina and Sandy only happen because good people were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Don't let that happen to you. Visit yourbugoutplan.com on the web. Watch a free video presentation of the skills you need to be long gone before any disaster can touch you. You owe it to yourself and to your family to watch this. Head to YourBugOutPlan.com on the web right now, YourBugOutPlan.com. Bills in front of Congress right now could take away your right to keep and bear arms. If Obama has his way, all guns will be either banned, restricted, or confiscated, possibly by executive order. The best way to keep your guns is to hide them. What Obama can't find, Obama can't take away. You can protect your guns. From any threat. Download our special report, How to Hide Your Guns, at GoHideYourGuns.com. Learn how to hide your guns while keeping them readily available. Get the report now before they make us take it down. On the web at GoHideYourGuns.com.
0: Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, Here's
1: Gene Steinberg. With Gene, with Chris on the PowerCast. Chris is live, or at least if you hear the show, several days removed from his live recording at the citizen hearing on disclosure. He's over at the hotel. And it's been an exciting event. In fact, a guest we hope to have is in working on a UN resolution. And we have to wonder how that's going to turn out. And I think one of the Discussions we had before we did our break was about institutional secrecy in the sense the media has been conditioned to expect that UFOs are not real. It's just a funny story for the end of the broadcast or if you have nothing better to talk about. So anytime we have these events, it's just another UFO story. We don't need it. That explains a lack of all those cable news satellites. Oh, by the way, I should mention something. One of the participants over at the conference is Richard Dolan. Of course, he did that book with Bryce Abel, A.D. After Disclosure. And of course, he's covered UFOs in the National Security State, two books, third coming. Now, according to another report in our forums, they asked Dolan why he appeared with that crazy character in a documentary, the guy who uh, I
2: talked to him about that too. In fact, uh, I happened to run into him as I was coming in to check in, and he turned around and saw me. Came running over and said, "Chris, <laughs> let me explain. Let me explain." And and he said he'd gotten uh, several calls and uh, emails about his appearance on the uh, third phase of Moon radio show, and he he pleaded ignorance. He said, "I didn't know uh, who these people were. This is a last minute thing." I was misled. I didn't really really realize he he. But he he, he said, "Look, I, I did it. You know, I I kind of embarrassed about it." But uh, and I said, "Look, Rich. First of all, I didn't really slag you about it. I I, I understand you're you're a publisher. I mean, you're trying to reach a, you know the biggest audience possible." And he said, "If I had known," <laughs> he said he wouldn't have done it if he had known exactly who these people were. And uh, he seemed a little embarrassed about the whole thing.
1: Well, I know with some of the other people who asked him, the words were a little bit more explicit. But I expect Stanton Friedman, who was also interviewed by that crew, and we won't mention their name anymore. We call them now the Twins Who Shall Not Be Named. Ah, uh, yes, okay. I forgot the our twins, moniker. Yeah. Right, the Twins Who Shall Not Be Named. Okay. Well, I you spe- can
2: bleep it out. You, uh, do you have a bleep sound? You,
1: you know bleep? what? I think that might be fun. We'll see what happens. Okay, <laughs> we'll record different... Bleeps, And so if you hear their name, we decided to not bleep it. But if we bleep it, then it is bleeped. Okay. And that's the bleeping truth. It's bleep, not Blake, right? (laughs) Right. Oh, forget it. (laughs) You see, they say I tell bad jokes. And we have that listener. And by the way, I asked the listener for an example that where Chris tells bad jokes. Take my wife, please. I did that already. And Chris also says... There are words, he utters words that do not exist. Very that's good about that. Bull pucky. Bull pucky, right. And horse pucky, too. And also, he also has a tendency to engage in profanity. I don't do that. That's,
2: that's horse pucky.
1: <laughs> the horses are going to resent this, you know. There's going to be a horse lobby that will be neighing at our windows or something like that. And they will be attacking the Paracast for this all because of his use of these words. Oh, well. No, actually, if you look at the guest list other than a certain Dr. Greer, and by the way, on the forums, we take out the letter E and make it an apostrophe. So it's G-R-E apostrophe R. That's our new way of referring to him. (laughs) Grr. Right. If you do it with the proper grr, I can have my dog record it. My dog has a nice tenor bark. So we think we can have my dog do it every time we mention that person's name. And Linda Moulton Howe, we can have the sound of a cow mooing when we mention her. Uh, yeah. Okay, that's it. And she thinks, of course, that cattle mutilations are E.T. But if you watch the episode of Grimm on NBC, cattle mutilations are done by one of these weird creatures, you know, where they look like humans and their heads morph into some kind of monster. That's who really did the Calum mutilations.
2: That that, that sounds good. I like that.
1: That sounds like fun?
2: Yeah, it sounds like great. Just what I want to stumble into in a dark pasture.
1: Let's get back to this event and back to what's happening in the UFO field and where it's going. Now, I also don't see here any major representatives from MUFON, except for some people who were maybe regional directors or such.
2: Yeah, it's very interesting you should mention that. MUFON is, is very uh, noticeably absent. Uh, of course, uh, George Filer is here. Uh, Peter Davenport is here from the National UFO Reporting Center. Um, I finally got a chance to meet Peter. Uh, we had a really good talk. He's very interested uh, in, in jazz to come on the show again. I think he's been on before, right, uh, years ago.
1: He was on the show years ago. We'll have him back. Yeah. We want to have Richard Dolan back. George Filer. We'll certainly welcome him. There are a number of participants, AJ, for example, whom we'd have back in the near future, especially with the developments in Brazil. I think it's time that we do talk to AJ again and get a clarification. Obviously, Peter Robbins was there, no doubt talking about Rendlesham, right?
2: Yes, uh, and we do have a bit of news from the Rendlesham uh, uh, case. Uh, Okay. Of course, uh, John Burroughs and... uh, uh, Bros and Peniston were here, and uh, they had their lawyer with them actually um, at the witness table or the presenter table uh, during the um, the portion of the second day. I think when when we were talking about Ben Waters, and uh, it sounds like they uh, and, and this is the, some things came out about uh, how the military and the government has handled. Uh, their involvement in the original uh, December 1980 events, which, you know, of course, to, to some of our new listeners, the Bentwaters case or the Rendlesham Force case occurred at the um, SAC uh, Strategic Air Command uh, NATO base uh, in uh, at Bentwaters, and uh, it occurred over a three night period. Um, John Burroughs and uh, Jim pennison actually were involved in the first night. Burroughs was also involved in the third night. And uh, Peniston actually touched a landed object and uh, received uh, a download of what turned out to be binary code, uh, which is very interesting. But one thing that I didn't know, Gene, and this is interesting, is both men uh, fairly soon after the event started uh, suffering uh, some fairly severe health problems.
1: Well, Chris Burrows mentioned that on the PowerCast. He was on with Peter Robbins a few years back
2: right but i didn't i I think that they've kind of downplayed it uh, uh over the years and uh to find you know to uh, talking with them uh, myself actually uh the night before uh the event I, I found out that uh some some pretty serious health issues have have uh, were very uh, quick to ensue after after the event and in trying to get health care and and get doctors to uh to help them out. Uh, come to find that the military has classified their medical records. Now, I didn't know that, and I didn't also know that uh, you know when when John Burroughs, for instance, went to uh, to a physician and the physician tried to get his medical records from the 1970 1980 time period, uh, the VA told him that uh, that Pennison was not in or that Burroughs was not in the Air Force during those years. So, not only are they withholding. Medical records—they're actually denying that the man was ever even uh, in the armed forces during the time period, which obviously he can he can prove and 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 demonstrate that he was uh, you know an active military um, in act, active military service during that time period. But but the fact that they've had they cannot and they have gone uh, to both their senators uh, in the case of uh, Burroughs, uh, John Kyle, and John McCain. They've, they've done everything they can to get their medical records released so that they can get proper health care. And, and this is outrageous that you would have two long-term veterans being treated in such a tawdry and, and, and almost criminal manner. Uh, to me, that was a real uh, eye-opener for me, and, and I think
1: for others, too. We're, of course, covering the citizens' hearing on Disclosure. With Gene and Chris, you're in The The Paracast. Hey, neighbors, meetings are an essential part of any business. You know, making presentations to clients, collaborating with your colleagues. Well, make them as simple as possible to run and organize. Use GoToMeeting by Citrix, the easiest, most reliable online meeting service. With GoToMeeting, you can schedule an online meeting in seconds. Attendees can join with just a click from anywhere. Meeting materials are viewed on everyone's screen. Making collaboration seamless. GoToMeeting is so easy to use for you and everyone joining your meeting. Plus, with GoToMeeting, hold as many meetings as you can for one flat rate. You have phone conferencing and voice over IP are included. You know, my listeners can try GoToMeeting free for 30 days, a month of unlimited online meetings free. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click on the Try It Free button, and enter the promo code PODCAST. That's
16: go meeting.com, promo code podcast. of buying gold and silver. Again, the global elite have plans for your money, and it doesn't include you. So call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130. And I will send you a booklet with 10 reasons why gold and silver could be right for you. Again, don't get caught with money in your account when the next bank bailout hits. Call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130.
17: We've lived in this neighborhood for years. We have an alarm system and all of our doors have deadbolts. They kicked in our door and were in and out of our house in about five minutes. The police arrived in about 20 minutes, but they were long gone with our TV jewelry and my guns. I kept thinking, what if my family had been home? The police officer said that more than 85% of break-ins are through a door and that deadbolts alone don't stop intruders. The officer told me to go to easyarmor.net if we wanted something that would actually stop an intruder. Easy armor reinforces all of the weak points on your doors and is guaranteed to prevent kick-ins. I was surprised at how little easy armor costs. And I installed Easy Armor in about 30 minutes.
2: Visit
3: EasyArmor.net. That's the letters E-Z-A-R-M-O-R.net. Or call 888-58-ARMOR. That's 888-582-7667. EasyArmor.net. Ultimate door security made easy.
18: Amino acids are the building blocks of proteins. Amino acids have to be delivered to your body in the shape that nature gave them if they are to be used to create new proteins in your body. Just like a bricklayer cannot use bent or twisted bricks to build a brick wall, so too your body cannot use bent or twisted amino acids to build new proteins. Giving your body an undamaged amino acid food can make a huge difference in your health. One World Way is an undamaged amino acid food unlike any other. You see, heating bends and twists amino acids and all whey protein powders we've investigated and most proteins you consume are heated. With our True Cool process, you now have a choice with One World Whey.
16: My name is Daniel. I'm 34 years
13: old. When I started using One World Way, I weighed 228 pounds. Now, after two and a half months, I weigh 182 pounds. This is my ideal weight. I've noticed an increase in stamina, rate of recovery from workouts, and an increase in my potency. Call
5: 888
18: 988 3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com.
0: We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, Send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com.
1: So, very close to the citizen hearing on disclosure, which is five days of hearings with ex-members of Congress. We have Chris O'Brien with Gene Steinberg on the Paracast. I'm back at the home base And we're communicating with Chris from his hotel room. And fortunately, it's a decent landline. So we're getting pretty decent reproduction. Right. So this makes it good. So you were talking here about the fact that people like John Burroughs, who served this country, he puts his life on the line. He's involved in Rendlesham. He's injured and he
17: doesn't exist.
2: Can you believe it? I mean, it's one thing to, you know, ask these guys to be quiet or to suggest that, hey, you know, know, you're patriots, uh, please don't talk about this. But it's another thing to actually, you know, withhold your medical records. And when pressed, come up with this cockamamie scenario that you weren't even serving during the time period in question. To me, it's it's absolutely, it's criminal.
1: He would obviously have the records for that. Yeah, he his discharge papers. He has all papers. Sorts of records to, sure. to prove that. But it's just
2: getting, it's, it's the ability for a doctor to to submit requisition forms uh, for medical records uh, with the Veterans Administration, uh, and, and to have that sort of scenario, to, to fight upstream against that kind of, of response is inexcusable.
1: And this, unfortunately, is the kind of stuff we've had to put up with. Now, what are they going to do? Are they going to try to take action Against the government to get a hold well, of these records, I,
2: I heard there was going to be a press conference and some sort of uh, threat of a lawsuit was going to be announced. I may be scooping um, all that information here. That's fine. Go scoop. But um, yeah, I think that uh, because the lawyer was there, because they've they've uh, they've run into some uh, some some real serious. Uh, you know push back by the government on this whole thing i think uh, i think that there will be uh some sort of legal action taken by them i mean come on i mean release the guy's medical records so that you can demonstrate to your doctor that you have a medical history that shows after this particular event you know some really serious uh probably caused by radiations is pretty much what i think is going on here at least Talking with both uh, both men, that object was exhibiting some sort of and, and was it was somehow radioactive. But there was some sort of real uh, active, uh, energetic event going on uh, with that object, and to be in such close proximity, uh, trees uh, in the area where this thing landed uh, ended up uh, becoming charred, and and there's all sorts of of evidence that they were they were impacted by by radiation from that particular close encounter. And for the government or the military to try to hide that fact by, by withholding medical records so that you can demonstrate you're you in perfect health before something happens and then your health immediately starts degrading. I mean, poor John Burroughs. I think he has, uh, you know, he has a, um, a pacemaker and a defibrillator uh, already as a fairly young man. I mean, I think these things were put in uh, you know, before he was 50 you know both uh, both guys have a uh, uh, very interesting i think crusade uh, to i think for people to help help them out with and uh they are not happy about this and they are not happy with the amount of attention that they've gotten from being you know kind of victimized by being participants in the Reynoldsham event they're not they they would never uh have wanted any sort of publicity as soon as they get this behind them they are going to disappear there's talk of moving to a south american country to get out of this limelight they're tired of all this uh, i think john Burroughs has moved to uh, to sedona um, which i didn't know and uh, they mentioned that there's been some real major uh, uh major ufo event in the sedona area uh in the last uh, week or so which i find very intriguing which i'm going to be giving our paracast listeners an update on when i get back uh, home and start checking into this, but I guess about the time I left, there was some sort of major event that occurred in the in the Thunder Mountain, Sedona area, which um, I need to make some calls and do some digging on that. But um, you know, the whole thing uh, to me is just another example of the subterfuge and uh, obfuscation that the U.S. government uh, continually presents to the public when it comes to people that have been involved. In these types of events, uh, it, it's it's like I said, it's inexcusable and it's it's almost criminal. I think, if not criminal.
1: Let's go into some other events. This was on Tuesday's session, April thirtieth, where they talked about Bentwaters, but there was also discussion of the people who were involved in the episodes recounted in Robert Hastings' book. And Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, was not on the panel, but they did no, talk about. No, curiously. No, that is curious, but they did talk about nuclear tampering, where UFOs supposedly did things in yes, relation to nuclear installations.
2: Well, we had uh, a bit of a scoop, and this uh, kudos to Stephen Bassett. We had two uh, captains uh, came forward for the first time uh, and, and talked about events uh, that occurred in the uh in one case I think the late sixties and another case in the mid seventies where they were launch control officers at uh IBM sites in you know the northern tier uh, Malsham, uh minot uh area, uh those bases and they recounted some very riveting uh testimony about events including uh recordings uh that were taken at the time of radio communications between security teams that were going out. Describing these uh, objects that were that were rendering in one case up to 50 missiles were rendered uh, inoperable, uh, and by some something that could only be described as EMP pulse, electromagnetic pulse, something like that, but not EMP. It was some other type of energetic event uh, caused by these objects that were hovering over these sites. So we have two new witnesses that have come out. And, and gone public and violated, I guess, uh, security oaths uh, to some degree and corroborated uh, information that, that Bob Hastings and, and Bob Salas have, have already kind of hinted around at and, and provided supplemental witnesses and testimony for uh, some pretty interesting events. And we have uh, reports of, of, of similar things happening in Russia and, and back in the old Soviet Union. Where these very similar type of events occurred where objects, objects would show up and uh and render inoperable uh missiles, I wanted to hear about the event when uh the actual telemetry data was was changed uh, that to me has always been <laughs> rather frightening to think that one of these objects could show up in uh instead of uh A site targeting some foreign capital all of a sudden it it targets your own capital or something uh, by changing the actual telemetry data i have heard rumors of that being the case in one or two incidents i wanted to hear about that but i didn't
1: you know it's i start thinking here of the original movie superman the movie in 1978 where lex Luthor and his hench people change the launch codes of test nuclear missiles and what right. happened, sure. But we're talking about this happening in reality, not in a Richard Donner film. We're talking about the citizens' hearing on disclosure. And so much more to come. You're in...
7: the gcn radio network providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio g c n great talk radio starts here
3: don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up do something about it grab a pencil and jot down this special number one 804 my tv the more cable tv rates go up the better digital satellite tv looks so, disable the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV right now to sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and up to four rooms. And there's no equipment to buy. That includes your free HD TV upgrade, your free DVR upgrade, and your free professional installation. And the best part? The pristine digital picture and sound. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV. So, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV. one 804 my Disable the cable, cut costs, and get more. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV. one 804 my tv
7: HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant Powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with Microplant Powder. Order today at 888-910-4367 or visit HempUSA.org.
8: Mother's Day is next week and Pro Flowers is offering an amazing Mother's Day special. 100 stunning blooms for mom plus a free glass face for just $19.99. Plus, order today and you're automatically entered for a chance to win an amazing trip for mom. Three lucky grand prize winners and a guest will be whisked away to your choice of Paris, Napa, or St. Thomas. Just go to ProFlowers.com Click on the microphone in the upper right corner and enter the secret code 5454. Order now from Pro Flowers to get huge savings. 100 colorful blooms for mom guaranteed to stay fresh and beautiful for at least seven full days plus a free vase for only $19.99 but hurry this incredible deal expires this friday and if you order this week you're entered for a chance to win a trip for mom to an incredible destination the only way to get this amazing deal and be entered to win the trip of a lifetime is to go to proflowers.com click on the radio microphone in the upper right corner and enter the secret code 5454 no
9: purchase necessary must be 18 or over restrictions apply see rules of website for details
19: Are you still a traditional (laughs) smoker?
4: Hi, this is nuclear physicist, lecturer, Stanton Friedman. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio.
1: Citizens hearing on Disclosure, Washington, D.C., National Press Club. You go to the site. Who do you see standing there, clear as day, Stephen Bassett on the site? Let's look at some of the other events here. Now, we had hoped to have a few guests here who are participating in these sessions. You will hear them on the PowerCast in the weeks to come. A lot of interesting guests, because even if this results in nothing, it doesn't seem as if there's been much major coverage, a lot of things going on. Okay, there was a panel on Wednesday about documents. And I assume with Wood and Lyndon Moulton Howe and Stanton Friedman and Grand Cameron, it was about MJ-12, a lot of it?
2: Yeah, and that was kind of a weak link, I think, in the uh, in the chain of presentations. Uh, Dr. Robert Wood and Stanton Friedman did a, you know, I think a, a fairly uh, convincing job in terms of of, of talking to these uh, neophyte uh, Congress people about the MJ12 documents. They did a fairly good job uh, convincing them that these documents were real. I think anyone who has looked into this whole uh, scenario, which uh, of course feature uh, Bill Moore and Jamie Shandera and, and, and the whole 35 millimeter photographs of these documents, they they did a pretty good job of of convincing the 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 Congress people that, that these documents are real. I, I think uh, the jury's been out for a long time on on the authenticity of of many, if not most, of these documents. It may be the perfect example of disinformation, where you have real facts that are totally surrounded by by untruths. Um, but they were, they made a very convincing case. Of course, Grant Cameron uh, presented some pretty interesting information that he's talked about uh, already uh, on the Paracast and other places uh, that sort of uh, kind of point to uh, U.S. involvement in. Uh, crash retrievals and uh analyzing uh supposed uh wreckage and uh even uh, possibly alien bodies and this sort of thing uh I, again i think I think a lot of this is is really open to question i I think that there's there are some real gems in there but it's really hard, I think, at times, to separate wheat from chafe. I, I do think that they did a good job. They had plenty of time to present this information. Uh, the format kind of held them back to a certain extent. If these people do their homework, I think they'll be able to come to some sort of, uh, you know, a, a point of, of personal clarity about these, uh, about these controversial um, documents. Uh, whether they be MJ-12 or, or many of the other thousands of documents that have been um, slowly released over the years. It's really difficult to, uh, as you know, Gene, and, and most of our listeners, I think, are aware, it's very difficult to determine the authenticity of reproductions of documents. Uh, they brought up, uh, you know, bedside confessions, uh, the whole Roswell subject uh, was uh, was addressed
1: now i wanted to mention one thing before you go into the roswell section which was the afternoon on wednesday and that is you'll see that stanton friedman who believes in mj-12 was in both the morning and afternoon sessions on documents on roswell Correct. but Correct. kevin randall who does not believe in mj-12 was not part of the morning session as if those who organized this convention this meeting didn't want to have disputing points of view they wanted to keep it consistent
2: and that was, I think, a, a, a pretty astute way of of setting up these sessions with uh, people that that s- supply the most supportive uh, bent and, and angle on particular subjects. Yeah, Kevin was not included in the M MJ- J12 documents for obvious reasons. He's, because he's that would have been
1: Friedman and Randall basically dominating the presentation.
2: Well, what you want to do is you want to provide a unified front on a particular subject, and to have uh, have somebody that 's doubtful or or skeptical about a particular subject on a panel is <laughs> just going to be confusing, I think, to people who are are being brought up to speed very quickly on these subjects. Uh, these congress people. We're supplied, I think, ahead of time with a certain amount of of documentation. But, but quite frankly, I mean, y- y- you're given a huge pile of stuff. There's only you can only be expected to, you know, to become an instant expert to a certain degree. Uh, I think a lot of these uh, Congress people are 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 really out of their element. I think they're overwhelmed. Yesterday. It got a little bit ridiculous when they'd be asking the same question, Uh, you know, each one would be asking the same question uh, a number of times, not listening to the answer, not taking proper notes. This is so much, uh, the learning curve is so steep uh, with this subject that it's very, very difficult for people to sit in a room for seven hours and exp- you know expect them to to maintain a laser like intensity of concentration and focus on these subjects and and the the ins and outs and the details the end of the afternoon you know the, most of these folks are retired they're they're sixty or above in in age uh that's being kind um and you know you can only expect them to be so focused for so long, and I think they're doing a really good job of uh, they are really trying and 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 that's one thing I must underscore here: these Congress people are taking a real risk by putting themselves uh you know <laughs> putting themselves as targets uh in this particular process. They are really doing a good job they are asking intelligent questions. But as the day goes on, I think they start to fade. And so when you start getting into subjects that are nuanced uh, towards the end of the day, I think uh, they kind of fade a little bit. But but I, I really do admire the fact that they're able to stick with it. They're asking intelligent questions. They're not uh, – this is not some sort of uh, fluff exercise. They're asking tough questions. They're making – people really uh you know support their their claims and support their assertions so i i I really do respect the job that they're doing and and you have to hand it to them i mean this is you know this is um this might uh <laughs> you know kind of ratchet down the amount they get per hour to speak in their districts uh at uh you know civic events and stuff in the future i you know who knows I, this is a, a risky undertaking for them i think
1: you know I can think also of what would happen if they decide to get back in the political ring. This could be a career killer because all their opponents will do is say, hey, look at these jokers. Someone hands them a $20,000 check, and they go attend a UFO hearing. They're talking about flying saucers, folks.
2: So there is that risk. Yeah, they talked about this early on, and they said they don't care. They have a, a feeling that this is a very important closet subject, in the political arena and in this country, and they are willing, they are only doing this, not for the money, but because they have a real interest and a real curiosity about this. All of them express some sort of of compulsion to to get to the truth, which you you have to hand it to them. I, I did not catch any artifice or any sort of, you know, kind of buttering up the, uh, you know, the attendees. Uh, I, I, I really do get a sense that they are genuinely interested in finding out the truth here. I think we all are on some level. Those of us that have been programmed by the government and by the media to scoff and laugh and ridicule and denigrate these subjects are are just, you know, they have their heads up their butts or their heads in the sand. To me, these are real true uh, Courageous people uh, who have gone through careers uh, in in public service and are—I really do think that they're trying to do the right thing. And one of them said early on, I think it was Senator uh, Gravel. He said, "Look, you know, the twenty thousand dollars. You know, when you look at how much time that we're putting in, all the prep time they're putting in—forty plus hours." Plus all the follow-up work of trying to help draft, uh, you know, potentially draft uh, resolutions and, and things. They're not really getting paid that much. And when you think about it, yeah, you know, it makes sense to me that that the money just makes it, you know, justifiable uh, to do. Uh, but you have to have a real desire t- uh, to learn about the
1: subject to get involved. With Gene, with Chris, you're in the Paracast. Hey, neighbors, meetings are an essential part of any business. You know, making presentations to clients, collaborating with your colleagues. Well, make them as simple as possible to run and organize. Use GoToMeeting by Citrix, the easiest, most reliable online meeting service. With GoToMeeting, you can schedule an online meeting in seconds. Attendees can join with just a click from anywhere. Meeting materials are viewed on everyone's screen. Making collaboration seamless. GoToMeeting is so easy to use for you and everyone joining your meeting. Plus, with GoToMeeting, hold as many meetings as you can for one flat rate. You have phone conferencing and voice over IP are included. You know, my listeners can try GoToMeeting free for 30 days, a month of unlimited online meetings free. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click on the Try It Free button, and enter the promo code podcast. That's GoToMeeting.com, promo code podcast. In the U.S., one in every 50
13: homes will have a break-in this year. Burglars call it smash and grab. Police call it robbery. We call it avoidable. We are fake TV. A simple electronic device that can fool even professional burglars. Fake TV easily plugs into any outlet and simulates the changing colors of a television. To a burglar, it looks like someone must be home watching TV, so they'll likely move on to an easier target. At only $29.95, Fake TV costs less than a month of most alarm monitoring plans and comes with free shipping. Order your Fake TV by calling 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to fake TV. That's 877-532-5388 or faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent.
15: Imagine waking one morning only to find your family shivering in the dark because you couldn't afford to pay your electric bill. That's closer than you think. You probably haven't heard about this yet because the liberal media has been suppressing what is fast becoming the most shocking news story of 2012. Obama's secret war on coal that could increase your already high power bill as much as 400% in coming months. As shocking as it sounds, it may well be just a matter of time before the lights start going out across America. But here's some good news. There's an underground video at exposed123.com that thousands of smart patriots have used to end their slavery to the corrupt electricity monopoly. The video at Exposed123.com has already been banned by Google, and the liberal media is doing everything in its power to take it down and keep America in the dark. So watch it now at Exposed123.com before it's too late. Again, that's Exposed123.com.
4: Ron Clark, author of the
14: UFO Encyclopedia and
1: other books. You're listening to the Pericast. Chris O'Brien's on the scene, and let's just get all the details out once again. He went to the citizen hearing on disclosure. As a hired hand, he worked for Ron James, who was producing the streaming. And Chris, being an expert video guy, was asked to participate And he did not have to take a loyalty oath to Steve Bassett. Is that correct, sir?
2: (laughs) That is correct.
1: Because if he did, I think we'd have an interesting problem there, an interesting conundrum. Now, as we were talking about on Wednesday afternoon session, they were talking about Roswell. And it was curious, as we mentioned in the previous segment, that we had Stanton Friedman with documents and with Roswell, of course, Friedman being a proponent of MJ-12 and Kevin Randall who was on the Roswell panel, but not on the document panel, being an opponent. Now, we understand they wanted to keep politically correct. They didn't want to have that back-and-forth dispute. As to Roswell, any interesting tidbits, or was it the standard Roswell stuff we know and love or otherwise?
2: Yeah, it was a standard standard fare. Um, I did get a chance, uh, finally, to meet uh, Jesse Marcel uh, Jr., and uh, also his son, Jesse Marcel III, and Jesse Jr.'s uh, daughter, uh, Denise was there. I found the family, the family thing was was interesting. I, I didn't think it was really necessary to demonstrate, uh, uh, you know, how wonderful a dad and and grandfather uh, J- uh, Jesse Marcel was. But um, it was interesting to hear from Jesse's son, uh, of course, Doctor Jesse Marcel Jr., uh, who was asked to actually, which I didn't know, was actually asked to go. I think to afghanistan and and did a tour of duty at, at 67 as a medical doctor and got logged 200 hours of helicopter flight time over there during the uh, afghan war here
1: you know it's hard to find good people yeah he told us about that when we had him on the Paracast. so this yeah, is something I'm very fascinating. surprised to hear that sure
2: but um of course don schmidt was there and uh kevin randall as we said you know, I found it kind of interesting that that Kevin Randall, for some reason, he just attracted some a uh, little bit of uh, pointed uh, repartee with uh, with some of the Congress people, and he seemed to he was kind of acting out a little bit. I think he felt like he was being uh, picked on for some reason. I, I didn't really get why they were zeroing in on him. Of course, the Roswell story is so complex; it, it's not something that you can do a quick study two and a half hours uh, and and really, you know, <laughs> get totally uh, up to speed on something like that. There was nothing revelatory or, or groundbreaking about that particular part of the um, presentation on Wednesday, But, but I think for people who maybe have heard about Roswell that don't know the ins and outs, I think they would have been surprised at some of the details about the actual treatment of Mac Brazel, who was held incommunicado and under kind of a quasi arrest or was detained for uh, almost a week, which I didn't know. I thought it was only a couple, three days, and it turned out it was longer than that, and that was a real... uh, He was very irritated uh, by that and and told neighbors and others uh, about his displeasure. I think some of the revelations pertaining to people that have come forward claiming that they um, in, it had knowledge of bodies being recovered uh, from a secondary crash site, from the primary crash site on the Foster Ranch. Uh, I was unaware that there were other people that were able to corroborate that. Of course, most of your primary witnesses, if not all by now, uh, with a, maybe a, just a few exceptions, most of those, these people have passed on. I think that we're never really going to get to the truth of Roswell. I think the the Congress people were fascinated, and to have uh, Jesse Jr. there describing what it was like as an eleven year old to to walk into the kitchen and have this uh, debris arrayed on the kitchen floor by his dad. They did kind of scratch their head and said, "Well, why did he do that?" You know, you know, the guy was, you know, the the head of intelligence for the, for the 509th ninth there in Roswell, which was one of the most key intelligence positions in the uh, the Army Air Force at that time. I mean, you know, it was the, um, you know, the only atomic bomber wing uh, in existence at the time. And to have, you know, Marcel come in and display the wreckage out on the kitchen floor for his wife and son to see, something about that kind of is strange.
1: It's always uh, been strange to me,
2: because yeah, it,
1: if he had the sense if this was anything significant in the sense of a spaceship, why would he have done that?
2: Well, plus, I always thought that Jesse Jr. was able to handle the material and, and saw it do the crumple up and then jump back to its original uh, form or state. He never saw that.
1: Well, I got a different impression when he was on the Powercast, and I'll ask our listeners to go back through our archives and listen to Jesse Marcel Jr. and see if he didn't touch that. Material.
2: Well, he may have touched it, but he never saw it do its fantastic, uh, okay. you know, uh, uh, revert back to its original uh, uh, state. In other words, crumple it up and then it, it springs back to its shape. He, he, he said he didn't see that. That's, but of course, the
1: influence of the scenes in the Batman movies from Christopher Nolan about the memory cloth. Right. But Batman's well, cape was memory cloth.
2: Yeah, well, uh, I was surprised. I, I thought that he did see that. I thought that he was involved in trying to burn it and trying to cut it and all that. Based on my, you know, recollection, of course, I was working. I was really involved in, in uh, I was multitasking big time. And of course, Roswell is one of those subjects where I tend to, I tend to my eyes gloss over and I, I tend to kind of tune out. But I kind of remember hearing him say, "Well, no, actually, I didn't see that." uh that was surprising to me he did say however that the i beams with the kind of pseudo hieroglyphics were very impressive to him and he did mention how lightweight and balsa wood like they were but impervious to any sort of uh attempt to uh bend fold and spindle and mutilate them uh he did mention that they they seemed to be impervious to any sort of attempt to to he said his dad uh, brought out a a knife and tried to to carve it and was unable to but I I was surprised to hear that the memory the memory medal, if you want to call it that, was not he didn't see it under those types of uh, attempts uh, to, to to you know somehow mar it or whatever, burn it, uh, cut it, that sort of thing. That was a little surprising to me. Another thing that was interesting is is how uh, you know I'd totally forgotten about how Stanton Friedman had actually found him and in the serendipitous occasion of of actually uh rediscovering uh Marcel when he was in Louisiana. Uh he was going to I think for a radio interview and uh he was stood up or something. I, I don't remember the details, but someone said, Oh, you're interested in that subject? Well there's a guy here you should talk to and and lo and behold it turns out to be uh a retired Jesse Marcel which I found that fascinating, the very serendipitous kind of synchronistic uh you know, coincidental uh, meeting, uh, original meeting between Friedman and Marcel, to me, was fascinating. To hear, so, to rehear some of these details, which I haven't, uh, you know, I haven't revisited in, in, you know, decades. I mean, gosh, I, it's been 20 years since I've really paid much attention to Roswell. Um, to me, it just kind of makes me develop this weird kind of rash that I, I just can't find, the right kind of calamine lotion to put on it i uh i broke out in hives when i went to roswell you know
1: okay well speaking of hives did anything that you heard getting all this information summarized in an hour or two any of it convince you more about roswell being a spaceship as opposed to the balloon or the test aircraft theory
2: well, I think Kevin Randall did a really uh, good job in kind of refuting uh, any sort of balloon story. And they did a good job of presenting the crash, t- you know, the the test dummy uh, scenario where these things, you know, they hadn't really even been used for five years uh, after Roswell. And the way that the, uh, the material that would be in a crash of a mogul balloon train uh, would fit inside a car, and instead of being spread across, uh, you know, uh, uh, quite an extensive, uh, in wide area, I think they did a good job presenting uh, the kind of information that would refute any sort of official Air Force version of either a a weather balloon, and then B a secret weather balloon, and then C a super secret weather balloon train. Um, they did a really good job of showing how the government really fumbled. Uh, this whole scenario of trying to to explain away the event, and but one thing that really bothered me was that they did not, and have not throughout this entire exercise, talked about exotic technology. It's been hinted out here and there, saying, "Well, we may have things that can do some pretty incredible." Uh, maneuvers uh ben rich was mentioned at one point uh you know we have the technology to take et back to the stars
1: we'll go into that and so much more as we recount the citizens hearing on disclosure with gene and chris you're in the Barracast. <laughs>
20: Introducing a 30-day emergency food supply for only $99. At 30dayfoodsupply.com, you can purchase Oregon Trail Foods' one-month supply of high-quality, nutritious, and healthy emergency meals for less than $100. These vegetarian meals are all-natural, non-GMO, high in carbs and protein, and are packed with oxygen absorbers in mylar pouches. They take up to 70% less space than number 10 cans, have a 20-year shelf life, and huge portions, over twice the serving size of some competitors' meals. Oregon Trail Foods and 30dayfoodsupply.com keep prices low by buying direct from producers in Oregon and then pass the savings on to you. Purchase a 30-day 90-serving emergency food supply for only $99 this month and $10 ships your entire order to the lower 48. Call 541-673-6666 or visit 30dayfoodsupply.com where they make preparedness affordable. 30dayfoodsupply.com Got it? Get it. Go to 30dayfoodsupply.com
0: Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's
1: Gene Steinberg. With Gene and Chris, we're doing the countdown here for the Citizens' Hearing on Disclosure, where loads of witnesses, most of which were really credible witnesses, presenting evidence about what's going on and one of the things that Chris said before we did the break, disappointed that they didn't get into exotic technology or the possibility that's ours, but that works against the meme of the entire event, which is, it's E.T., it's all E.T. and nothing but E.T.
2: Well, again, I don't think that that was the meme. I think it's inferred but not stated. I think a lot of this is like, well, uh, it's so fantastic, what else could it be? Antonio Huneus, much to his credit, at any opportunity that he could, and this is four, five, six times, he would remind uh, the Congress people, look, we don't know if this is off-planet, if it's truly extraterrestrial. This could be some other manifestation that has a fantastic explanation but is more mundane. It could be time travel. It could be ultra-terrestrials, meta-terrestrials. Those terms have not been mentioned when when one of the congress people said well if it's not extraterrestrials if it's not that type of 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 answer what could it be and i expected someone to say well there's a term called ultra-terrestrials or crypto terrestrials which means it's another tenant uh... in the building here on earth or it could be meta metaterrestrials uh, which is uh, some sort of dimensional possibly time-based thing nobody led them through the terminology in that sense uh, these things were mentioned in passing but given very short shrift, there was no emphasis, uh, there was no diving in. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the manifestation of collective, the collective unconscious. Let's talk about some sort of evolutionary imperative. Maybe we're somehow co-creating these things to pull us off planet. I didn't hear any out-of-the-box creative thinking going on. Everything did tend to have that unspoken inference uh, oftentimes of... Uh, extraterrestrials and and the, the foreign the South American people were you know more I think readily able to and and willing to go the ETH or extraterrestrial hypothesis route. The one uh, colonel who had the incredibly riveting account of of attacking uh, this one object uh, was being tasked with going up and shooting the thing down, and and the thing just toyed with him. Uh, incredibly riveting account. Uh, He was very unwilling to to state that it was uh, aliens. He said, look, you know, all I know is this thing outperformed my aircraft. There were no visible wings. There was no engine. There was no antennas. There was no windows. There was no any sort of details. And he got very close to it. He said, I'm not willing to say what it was. All I know is that when I fired 25-centimeter-long cannon fire at it, it it had no effect, and and I couldn't see what happened to my my ordinance. Yeah, I didn't see any sort of effect. Uh, and you know, when you're firing thirty millimeter cannon fire at something at close range, sixty four rounds, he said, uh, you would expect some sort of you know sparks or explosions or something. And Senator Mike Gravel said, "Well, could it have been a hologram?" Uh, and I and I thought to myself, "Good question. Could it have been a hologram?" And you know, the Colonel. It didn't waste much time thinking about it. He said, nope, I got to look at it from all different angles. I, w- I saw it from all sides, and there was no way that that could have been a hologram. That that was a real object that was there. It was taking up, you know, it was taking up space in the sky, basically. And he was baffled by how that thing was able to, in one of the other investigators' words, absorb the rounds. So I, I, I found that very fascinating. And, uh, uh, and the, the Congress people did mention how uh, they were very, very impressed with his ability to be very conservative in his uh, recounting of the event and being very objective about it. But uh, basically, he was unwilling to say that this was extraterrestrial technology. Everybody else kind of said it for him. And at one point, they asked one of the other investigators to to say what it could be. And if he agreed, he would nod his head. This is a very interesting moment. And he never did nod his head. (laughs) So there's been a couple of really cool little mini dramatic moments uh, over the course of four days. And, And that was one of them, definitely. I really did find that intriguing.
1: Now, does it look to you, before we go on, as if the former members of Congress did actual research? Now, the hologram reference from Senator Gravel, formerly of Alaska, that was intriguing, but did it seem as if the others had also done homework or at least had some passing knowledge of what to talk about?
2: I, I think in a limited way, yeah, Gene, I, I do think that they're... I mean, we were talking bright people. These are, you know, for the most part, most of them are, are I think, fairly well-versed in, in basic science, um, with a couple of exceptions, who shall go unnamed. I, I, I don't really have a sense that they did too much... Research and getting themselves up to speed beforehand, and if they did uh they're hiding it very well, and they're just kind of trying to play dumb, trying to make people really sort of spell it out for them i I think they've done a good job in making people really cut to the chase and educate them as well as inform them about the subject uh i i think and hats off to them, I think they've done a good job in making people kind of dumb down their presentations, not assume that anybody knows anything, and really spell it out. And that way it makes people really choose their words carefully. If they only have two or three minutes to make a a series of points, it it really made people cut to the chase um, and, and really... Uh, speak in very specific language and in very accurate language. And, and this this has really been, I think this is, this is a very interesting format for this type of subject matter to be discussed. You don't have time to go into these long-winded, you know, explanations a la Linda Howe or in a lesser way like a Stephen Greer. Some people just love to hear the sound of their voice and they love to hear themselves pontificating they love those long dramatic pauses and the slow kind of delivery everybody had, you know <laughs> was clipping along and really having to state a lot of information in a short period of time so it forced people to really be be straight concise on on target on point and and with very little wasted uh, uh verbiage shall we say
1: no, it sounds like it was a quite a fascinating event. Now, in terms of the questioning, and you said, you know, they sounded like they were handling themselves well, the members of Congress. Any pointed incidents where they try to rough somebody up in their questioning?
2: Well, like I said, Kevin Randall, for some reason, has a habit of, um, of he just kind of seems a little... At times, he's being
1: Kevin Randall. He's curmudgeon. being
2: Kevin Randall. He's abrupt. He's uh, he's kind of offhand about things. He just has kind of a brittle sort of personality, and and I saw him really, you know, pick up on that and and kind of peck at him a little bit. And he mentioned to me after, he goes, I don't know why they were picking on me, <laughs> you know, and I said, well, Kevin, you're Kevin, you know. <laughs> so, you know, I didn't say that, but that's what I wanted to say. I said something a little bit uh, less uh, provocative than that. I said, well, you know, I guess, what can you do, you know? I mean, he would throw himself back in his chair and be a little bit overly dramatic about how he would respond to certain admonishments and... You know for the most part, I think everybody has really maintained a a very polite serious decorum. I think that that there's been um a lot of real good uh repartee. I think people have um come extremely prepared. I haven't seen anybody uh get up there and and not represent their particular point of view or the subject matter in a way that would. Would be embarrassing for themselves or the field. I think our foreign um, uh, folks that have come up from South America, the Chinese uh, uh, guy scientist that, that showed up was extremely good. He really showed, uh, and and I think a lot of people may have been surprised at at the amount of interest in China that mm-hmm. is is there for for this subject, and 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 the amount of. Uh, of of work that Chinese uh, civilian ufology is is engaged in
1: with Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. <laughs> Don't complain about your
3: cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. one 804 my tv The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So, disable the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call one 804 my tv right now to sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and up to four rooms. And there's no equipment to buy. That includes includes your free HD TV upgrade, your free DVR upgrade and your free professional installation and the best part, the pristine digital picture and sound. Call 1-877-804-MyTV. So, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-877-804-MyTV. 1-877-804-MyTV. Disable
14: the cable, cut costs and get more.
3: Call 1-877-804-MyTV. 1-877-804-MyTV.
14: Call for your free copy at 1-800-686-2237. When investing, always proceed with caution. Again, call 1-800-686-2237. Exercise your legal right to trade metals privately. 1-800-686-2237. Are you
9: an inventor? Or do you know an inventor who would like to attempt to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to industry? For free information on how to proceed, phone toll-free 1-800-977-6119. InventHelp, America's leading invention company, has inventor's information you can have free. Get an informative brochure and other material of interest to new inventors from the company whose patent referrals have helped secure more than 7,000 patents. Learn how to get your free information by dialing 1-800-977-6119. That's 1-800-977-6119. Even if you only have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll want this free inventor's information. It shows how Inventel may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to industry. It's a free call. That's 1-800-977-6119. 1-800-977-6119. What do you do when your propane runs out and you don't have a large amount of wood for cooking? That's when
11: you need a Grover Rocket Stove from StockStorage.com. The Grover Rocket Stove starts easily with any combustible material like junk mail, small twigs, leaves, weeds, or dry sagebrush. Then just add a small amount of kindling wood and you'll be cooking entire meals in minutes. Grover Rocket Stoves are made right here in the USA and are built to last a lifetime using heavy-duty thick-gauge steel and are painted with high-temp paint to withstand heat. Go to StockStorage.com and see three great Grover Rocket Stoves, stainless steel, heavy-duty, or our original Grover Rocket Stove for only $135 and get free shipping to the lower 48. For phone orders, call 801-361-6984 or go to StockStorage.com. That's 801-361-6984 or StockStorage.com. The original Grover Rocket Stove minimal wood-use cooking stoves, available exclusively from StockStorage.com.
0: We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community
1: forums at forum.theparacast.com. With Gene and Chris, we're talking about the citizens' hearing on disclosure. And the subtitle is, If Congress Won't Do Its Job, the People Will. And, of course, it's about having ex-members of Congress, Congressman Senator Mike Ravel, former senator from Alaska, attending the session and making it like a faux hearing for Congress. You were mentioning, of course, the session on Thursday where they had members of the foreign community, someone from China pointing out there's a lot of civilian interest in UFOs in China. Tell us more.
2: Well, you know, the largest civilian uh, UFO investigative group is in China, and the last i he didn 't mention an actual membership number, but I remember reading an article that they have over a million members in this one particular group, and there are other auxiliary groups around the country that are affiliated with the parent organization uh the questions were asked about the the military and the government's involvement and the feeling that I got from his responses which were measured uh I must say he was very careful how he said what he said and he didn't really answer a few questions in the way I think people wanted him to but basically what he's saying is this is a subject that is a g- extremely um attractive uh, to people's curiosity in the country, and the government does not stand in the way. In fact, the government courts uh, people's interest in this subject to, uh, as unpaid intelligence assets, I would imagine. They they want to know what people are seeing. They They do monitor these organizations. They don't get in the way. It seems like the government is somewhat more forthcoming uh, and, and willing to share certain information with the civilian groups there. There doesn't seem to be the institutionalized ridicule and scorn in and, and the things that you find here in this country and in, in a, a lesser way in, in England, for instance. And he basically is very excited. He says that this is a subject that's attracting mainstream um, academic uh, types. There's uh, scientists are interested in these subjects uh... in the country you know i i really wanted to hear more from him but because he was speaking in chinese and everybody had to hear a live translation by the way there was a live translation of the proceedings into uh... mandarin uh... into spanish and uh... i, th- I think from those languages into english as well uh... which i thought was a a brilliant stroke it was probably expensive to pull that off but to have UN-style live sentence-by-sentence uh, sentence translation, real time. I, I think is is uh, it really does broaden the potential audience. But you know, I think the Chinese ufological community needs to be embraced more by the West. I think that there is a real serious disconnect when it comes to uh, our involvement uh, with the UFO subject and how it's being handled over there. I think we we really need to broaden our you know our networking uh, around the world. I think that there's the, the the American ufology tends to kind of have the blinders on and think that everything is all you know because our government's kind of calling the shots and all this stuff uh, you know you know we're we, we're the we're the thing here. Um, I think we need to to kind of humble ourselves as uh, ufological investigators and researchers and really make uh, more of a concerted effort to get involved globally. Um, The largest, as I said, uh, group of uh, civilian investigators by far is in China. In fact, you you probably add up all the people that are in that one group, they could probably match uh, all the other groups on the the planet combined, practically.
1: Well, you know, that's a big thing, too. Organizations like MUFON which has been around for, what, over 40 years now, they only have a few thousand members, exactly. not a large number of members.
2: Yeah, and in my point, exactly. And, you know, I think it's important, too, to, to understand that, that, that there have been uh, some pretty interesting revelations and, and documentation that has been released by other, other countries. Uh, and we did get, uh, I think, a pretty good quick thumbnail uh reeducation about how the South American countries and how certain European countries have opened up their files to uh a certain extent. There was some question about how you know, how extensive this uh disclosure of uh information, uh, and obviously sighting reports have been disclosed, but but I think what we've been skirting around is at what point does that door slam shut when it comes to the G-8 countries or um, the South American countries? Is there you know a certain amount of information that's being held back? Now, I think a real classic sort of litmus test for this will be the Brazilian Air Force files, we do know that they have incredible footage. They've only released um, a certain amount of photographs and, and very limited amount of, of film. Uh, we do know that they have incredible stuff that they gathered uh, during Project Saucer, which I mentioned earlier, uh, involved the uh, investigating the. Cases around the island of Clarus at the at the mouth of the Amazon River, where four, possibly more, people were killed by objects. Many people, dozens of people, were injured by these chupas that were going through the jungle at night, hitting people with what appeared to be some sort of particle beam weapon. The Brazilian Air Force was right there. They have footage of a huge mothership um, servicing uh, in the mouth of the Amazon River. They have some incredible gun camera footage from that from that time period, and other, uh, you know, incidents. And uh, A.J. is really, I I spoke with him uh, a little bit. We hope to get him back on the show here as soon as possible. Uh, There is some really interesting uh, new uh, revelations about the uh, possible release of some really sensational um, data by the Brazilian Air Force and the Brazilian government. Um, That could be... Uh, start the dominoes, uh, and I have a sense that if the Brazilian Air Force fesses up and says, "Hey, we know this, 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 and this, you know our captain, the head of Project Saucer, actually had interactions with non terrestrial intelligence if if you will that would that would be huge and you know the fact that the u s government uh, wasn 't involved in the varna case, uh, which for our new listeners. Uh, happened, I think, in, what, 1996, Gene, uh, outside of Vahenia, Brazil. object crashed. Uh, there were two supposed uh, live uh, aliens that were captured. They both died eventually, uh, I think, within a short time period. And there is some smoking gun sort of circumstantial evidence to suggest that the U.S. Uh, came down and appropriated some of the wreckage in at least one of the bodies. Uh, again, as most of our listeners know, I'm. <laughs> it's going to take a lot to convince me that that's reality. Um, but, you know, if they did capture uh, these aliens they, and they release this data and they show footage and they show autopsies and they show these other things, this, this could start the domino uh, parade.
1: Just for our listeners' benefit, if you go to Wikipedia, you'll find the event occurred in 1996. That Kevin Randall says this case is as complicated as any other in the UFO field.
2: Yeah. The Brazilian Roswell, it's been called.
1: Yes, indeed. We're talking, ladies and gentlemen, about the citizen's hearing on disclosure. Chris O'Brien, present and accounted for with Gene and Chris, you're in. The Paracast. Hey, neighbors, meetings are an essential part of any business. You know, making presentations to clients, collaborating with your colleagues. Well, make them as simple as possible to run and organize. Use GoToMeeting by Citrix, the easiest, most reliable online meeting service. With GoToMeeting, you can schedule an online meeting in seconds. Attendees can join with just a click from anywhere. Meeting materials are viewed on everyone's screen. Making collaboration seamless. GoToMeeting is so easy to use for you and everyone joining your meeting. Plus, with GoToMeeting, hold as many meetings as you can for one flat rate. You have phone conferencing and voice over IP are included. You know, my listeners can try GoToMeeting free for 30 days, a month of unlimited online meetings free. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click on the Try It Free button, and enter the promo code PODCAST. That's go to meeting.com. Promo code podcast.
21: So, a natural disaster strikes and out goes your power. You risk losing stored food in electric freezers and refrigerators. Your options lose all that expensive food and medication, fire up a noisy gasoline powered generator or switch now to a propane or natural gas powered refrigerator from Ben's Discount Supply. Ben'sDiscountSupply.com has a complete line of propane powered refrigerators freezers in sizes ranging from a small camper cooler size up to a whopping 21 cubic foot refrigerator freezer or a 22 cubic foot deep freezer in stock and ready to ship anywhere bensdiscountsupply.com also stocks a full line of solar powered appliances to get you completely off the grid check out bensdiscountsupply.com or call 800-771-7702 that's 800-771-7702 or click bensdiscountsupply.com for camping home or bug out location bank on bensdiscountsupply.com
17: We've lived in this neighborhood for years. We have an alarm system and all of our doors have deadbolts. They kicked in our door and were in and out of our house in about five minutes. The police arrived in about 20 minutes, but they were long gone with our TV jewelry and my guns. I kept thinking, what if my family had been home? The police officer said that more than 85% of break-ins are through a door and that deadbolts alone don't stop intruders. The officer told me to go to easyarmor.net if we wanted something that would actually stop an intruder. Easy Armor reinforces all of the weak points on your doors and is guaranteed to prevent kick-ins. I was surprised at how little Easy Armor costs. And I installed Easy Armor in about 30 minutes.
10: Visit
3: EasyArmor.net. That's the letters E-Z-A-R-M-O-R.net. Or call 888-58-ARMOR. That's 888-582-7667. EasyArmor.net. Ultimate door security made easy.
18: Absorption Of food nutrients, aids in controlling yeast infections, is never freeze dried, and uses three groups of live, viable, beneficial microbes to cleanse and remove toxins. Order Pro EM One Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganix.com, spelled T E R A G A N I X.com, Terraganics.com, or call toll free 866 369 3678. That's 866 369 3678. ProEM One, the raw probiotic
14: this is jerome clark author of ufo encyclopedia and other books you're listening to the Paracast.
1: chris o'brien by the way ladies and gentlemen has been talking for so long he is starved he wants to get a hamburger or something yeah. actually he doesn't eat hamburgers what would you normally have as a dinner Going to one of these events, such as a citizen hearing on disclosure, would
2: you have hummus well, or something? Yeah, I, I tend to eat light. Um, I like uh, like Caesar salads, that sort of thing. Maybe seafood. Uh, I, I just I find that if I if I eat like heavy breakfasts or lunches or what have you, it just weighs me down. And and in light of the subject matter and it being a little bit a little bit uh, how would I put it, sort of uh, mundane to me uh, in terms of listening for for new things exciting things i mean i've heard all this stuff before so you tend to zone out and lose your your edge and and you start to fall asleep <laughs> so if you eat light and you know hopefully get get enough sleep then it keeps you nice and frosty and you know my stomach's kind of i drank about 4 cups of coffee today which is about twice as many as i normally drink so that's kind of giving me a bit of an edge keep me frosty but
1: Four cups of coffee would keep me up all night. I remember working at a radio station long, long ago in a galaxy far, far away where the program director, who was one of the mid-morning DJs, he'd come in with four cups of coffee that he would proceed to consume during the course of his three-hour board shift, as we call it, during his show. I guess it didn't matter that by the time we got to the end of the segment, his coffee was getting cold. He didn't have any microwave ovens. I think we were before microwave ovens in those years, and probably before the horse and buggy. We didn't even have those. But seriously speaking, that's a lot of coffee.
2: Man, he'd probably be grinding his teeth, right?
1: Well, when I've done long drives, you know, cross-country drives, I've done that a few times in my life. I've had lots and lots of coffee, and I went to the bathroom lots and lots of times, but I don't want to get graphic about this. Actually, if anyone cares... What I had for dinner, a chicken sandwich and a baked potato. Well, I'll
2: tell you, you know what I found out about coffee, uh, Gene? It's like beer. You don't really buy it. You rent it.
1: <sighs> bad joke. That's, but we should get a bad joke recording or stinger. And when Chris is about to let loose with one, there you go. We were talking about the fact that they had representatives. Wait a
2: minute. I wasn't joking. You thought that was, that was serious. You don't buy coffee. You rent it. That was a statement of fact, my friend. That, that was no joke.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will never, not... Never mind. <laughs> I just think that kind of fell on the wrong ear here. Yeah. Okay, let's continue. On Thursday's presentation, we had South American representatives in the morning, and then people from the other countries in the afternoon, the person from China. And, of course, we had Nick Pope, who headed the group in Great Britain that had investigated UFOs. Now, in looking at European countries, the European approach, anything interesting come out of Mr. Pope's presentation?
2: Well, you know, again, Nick is, you know, the master at kind of towing the company line. And, and you know, I've never heard Nick say really much of anything except what he says, which is basically what he's always said and probably what he always will say. You know, is it's not something that the, the Brits um, really feel is something that's, you know, important in terms of of national security. Uh, They don't really feel that there's anything really earth-shattering about it. Sure, these things fly around, but, you know, we can't do anything about it. Uh, He mentioned, I forget, 34,000 sightings, and out of those, what, um, I think 700 uh, or so were unexplained. And, You know, I mean, his whole thing is, look, I I worked at the MOD, at the UFO desk for three years. Uh, it, It really, you know, it didn't, it was closed down because there was really nothing to it. Nobody really felt that it was important enough to really, you know, spend a lot of money and resources pursuing. You know, he kind of treats it in a very kind of offhand way. It's like, well, you know, the British government doesn't really care, you know. And basically, I think the underlying point that he's making is, look, if anything really important happens, uh, you Yanks are going to be, you know, taken over and and taken charge. And that came through pretty loud and clear during the Bentwaters section of the presentations. Uh, I think, you know, that would have been the second day, I believe, or the first day, actually. And some of his uh, comments were pretty revealing about that, is that, uh, you know, number one, how many, uh, you know, British... Soldiers or or British personnel were um, were present at uh, at Bentwaters, and his comment was like, "I don't know, maybe half a dozen." <laughs> you know, and you're talking what twelve thousand people or ten thousand people. They're all Americans, so I mean that should give you an idea that um, you know when it comes to these subjects, the Americans pretty much uh, you know they call the shots and how these things were investigated, with at least within the NATO countries, definitely. Um, And I think in in some way, shape, or form, in in South America and other other countries, too, in the West, uh, one of the things that did come through, which uh, I was a little surprised by, is the extent of U.S. involvement in UFO, um, supposed UFO recovery operations or real uh, amazing close encounter type cases, Uh, the Project Saucer, who only lasted 4 month uh 4 months down in in the the Claris area of of the amazon in brazil in the in 77 and as soon as this close encounter happened between the head of the of the project uh, basically the brazilian air force officer the americans came in and, and everything got shut down and and time and time again you kind of hear this kind of hinting around that well as soon as the americans get involved boom you know it's out of our hands it's like we go around and sort of Stiff arm and muscle in on on these cases, and 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 they disappear into a black hole, you know. And I've heard this before, but but to hear it from the actual investigators themselves from those countries, and they start citing example after example after example of well, then the Americans came, and uh, you know we don't know what happened after that. You know, I heard that a number of times, and and you've got to scratch your head and wonder. Uh, You know, if if something like a a disclosure, a complete transparent disclosure by the Brazilian Air Force, let's say, based on on what we do suspect is there, that could be really major. That could be a big deal, and that may be enough momentum to to get that chain of dominoes going. And then we might see some of the real secret files uh, around uh, the world Uh, then maybe open up, uh, because, you know, I think it's like everybody's waiting for somebody else to do it, you know, because we know the Americans aren't going to do it. And so if one of us does it, uh, then, you know, boom, maybe we're going to see, you know, that hundred monkey type scenario happen. And then that will possibly force the U.S. to at least uh, make some sort of statement besides ridicule and and. Admonishments of of well, what are you asking us for? We've been out of the UFO business since 1969 when we did our disclosure. People saying, "Well, how come the Americans won't disclose what they know about UFOs?" According to to the government, we did disclose all that when we closed Project Blue Book and and presented the files. Danny Sheehan gave his story of getting permission to go in and see the classified portion of the blue book files and, and the photographs of the crash saucer with the hieroglyphics on it that he was able to trace on the cardboard of his legal pad and sneak it out. You know, that was pretty riveting stuff. Um, you know, there there were a number of moments that really do kind of suggest to me that it, it, the Americans have been running this whole thing all along. And uh, to greater and lesser degree, obviously some Russian... Or, or former Soviet Union-type reports may be held back. Uh, I, I'm sure there's Chinese reports that uh, we, 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 the Americans aren't, aren't in control over. But for the most part, I think most of these events, when they occur, people kind of defer to the American expertise in these matters.
1: And you wonder if the countries who don't like us so much would one day decide to take the initiative and start releasing information. But we have one more segment of the show to get into that on, and we're talking about, on this week's episode, the Citizens' Hearing on Disclosure at the National Press Club in Washington, D.C., where Chris O'Brien was present and accounted for. With Gene and Chris, you're in the
7: America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network.
3: Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number, 1-877-804-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So, disable the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-877-804 MyTV right now to sign up for packages starting as low as 19.99 and up to 4 rooms. And there's no equipment to buy. That includes your free HD TV upgrade, your free DVR upgrade, and your free professional installation. And the best part, the pristine digital picture and sound. Call 1-877-804 MyTV. So, what are you waiting for? out your major credit or debit card call one eight seven seven eight zero four 804 my tv one 804 my tv disable the cable cut costs and get more call 1-877-804-MY-TV one 804 my tv
12: bills in front of congress right now could take away your right to keep and bear arms if obama has his way all guns will be either banned restricted or confiscated possibly by executive order The best way to keep your guns is to hide them. What Obama can't find, Obama can't take away. You can protect your guns from any threat. Download our special report, How to Hide Your Guns, at GoHideYourGuns.com. Learn how to hide your guns while keeping them readily available. Get the report now before they make us take it down. On the web at GoHideYourGuns.com. Sergeant Dave Scott, Army Search and Rescue veteran, wants you to hear this urgent message. All emergencies have casualties, but in America, most casualties from storms like Katrina and Sandy only happen because good people were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Don't let that happen to you. Visit YourBugOutPlan.com on the web. Watch a free video presentation of the skills you need to be long gone before any disaster can touch you. You owe it to yourself and to your family to watch this. Head to YourBugOutPlan.com on the web right now. YourBugOutPlan.com.
13: ceramic body armor is rated to stop six hits but what about the seventh unlike ceramic or kevlar infidel body armor is proven to take hit after hit and it just won't quit reasonably priced and designed for the smart civilian prepper infidel stops hundreds of hits from small arms to high powered rifles that means safety and peace of mind buy yours at infidelbodyarmor.com spelled i-n-f-i-d-e-l bodyarmor.com. infidel body armor
14: six two two three seven.
12: Hello, this is John Burroughs, one of the witnesses to the Rendlesham UFO incident. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio.
1: Now, you have to expect here, we had hoped to have a few of the participants on the show. They will be on over the next few weeks. Everybody is just busy at the event, and a lot of people who have presentations have multiple presentations at the citizens hearing on disclosure. So that's where you go.
2: Yeah, it would have helped if I had a computer here. If I had a computer I could have gotten little sound bites and all sorts of stuff today. But again, I'm working as well, so I'm kind of handcuffed to a certain extent as well, but I have gotten promises from a number of people who are very excited to get back on the show. We do have a lot of fans in the investigative and research community, a lot of fans of the show and Peter Davenport's just just dying to get back on the show. It was a, my first chance to really get a chance to meet him and and at least uh, exchange pleasantries and and congratulate him on his really good job that he did uh, presenting the National UFO Reporting Center to the uh, congressional uh, the congressional quirence quer- and and he's. He's an amazing guy in his own right. He really does, uh, uh, he has a passion for the subject. He's very well-spoken. He's done a, 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 a thankless job trying to siphon through and whittle through all these uh, <laughs> reports uh, that he's uh, managed to accumulate over over almost 20 years. And and it was real good to finally meet him. Um, there were others that I, I finally got a chance to meet for the first time and and uh... danny Sheehan, uh... very impressed i mean the guy presented uh... the pentagon papers case to the supreme court just out of law school when he was in his twenties uh... handled the karen silkwood case uh... handled iran contra uh... represented the jesuits uh... for many many years here in the united states just an incredibly talented guy i mean he's got a degree in divinities he's got a law degree both from harvard and talk about um uh, just a, an amazing guide of, to allow himself to be tainted by the ufo subject for for the last 25 30 years uh pretty amazing can't wait to get danny on
1: now let's just go back to one thing here which i mentioned before we broke and this is our final segment of the powercast this week ladies and gentlemen and that is the fact that we have countries with whom we don't always get along like russia like China, particularly those two countries. And you have to think here, maybe the Americans could ride roughshod over British bureaucrats like a Nick Pope. But we don't have that kind of influence in China. We don't have that kind of influence in Russia. Don't you think that Vladimir over there in Russia wouldn't want to upstage the U.S. if there was a reason to do so?
2: Well, that's getting back to what I was saying before. If we could get a country like Brazil that probably is one of the most active ufological hotspots on the planet, they've already created a joint civilian-government-military investigative research body. And with that kind of, uh, you know, sort of transparency and and an open-door to co-mutual work together between the the private and the uh, you know the government sector it would be really interesting to see what a country like Russia or, what, in, in a lesser way, uh, China. I think it's less likely that China will uh, open up their, their files. Because because they knows. do a lot
1: of commerce with the U.S. They make a lot of money from us. They own all our bonds, so therefore they won't Well, to and
2: they're very secretive to, to begin with and very control-oriented. I think Russia is more of the wild, wild east out there.
1: One thing I wanted to bring up here, Chris, and that is Japan. The, Japan has an incredible amount of UFO interest. I remember back even in the 60s and 70s, I was in touch with a number of Japanese UFO researchers.
2: Yep. So, the word Japan has not come up one time in this entire, entire week.
1: Isn't that strange?
2: Yeah, I was going to mention that. Uh, I find that very strange, and I also find it strange that uh, we don't have some sort of representation from uh, Southeast Asia uh, and, and, and Japan. Also, Australia is noticeably absent
1: and there's a lot of ufo action there we've had one or two people from australia on the powercast talking about events there and we're going to pursue those in more detail in the future
2: well go figure i you know again i i I just find that very curious i guess you can only include so many people but someone like a bill chalker uh you know nori ohio kawa or somebody like that even just have somebody there representing a particular facet uh, or country. I and think he, it was really important.
1: And the other part of the world we don't talk about is the Middle East. Yeah. What exactly. about Israel? Yeah, like, a, what like about Barry, Israel? Aren't there Israeli UFO researchers? Of course, well, there yeah, are very chummy. Of course,
2: uh, hmm. there are a number of them, and you know, uh, near and Middle Eastern uh, countries have, have historically had an incredible, uh, you know, tradition and history of. Of unusual sightings events uh i haven't heard i don't i think there was one mention of the nineteen seventy six Tehran uh event, which is one of the best ever uh historical ufo cases where where uh, you know f four phantoms scrambled from Tehran uh to to find out about a particular object that uh was a bogey over over the city there and they attempted to fire in their their instruments were uh, were scrambled, and and the the actual missiles uh, failed to fire. A, a very important case. Ron Riegger was able to um, get DSP spy satellite or, or some spy satellite data that um, that that actually corroborated the the event taking place in terms of the object coming in so we have a tremendous uh, amount of information about that particular case also cases that have been reported during the Gulf war uh... uh, these last ten years there have been a number of very interesting cases that are more than likely uh... u.s. exotic technology at work and play but But, um, no, we haven't seen any mention of any Near Eastern or Middle Eastern cases. Um, Africa, we haven't had any sort of mention uh, about African cases. The incredible South African case of the South African school kids with the landed uh, object and and beings uh, in broad daylight. Um, There has been no mention of Africa, no mention of, of Japan, no mention of the Middle East.
1: So it's a wide world, but a lot of that world is being ignored for one reason or another. Of course, let's be fair. International UFOs took one day at the event. And obviously they had to cut and paste and they had to be very careful about scheduling. There's a lot more to present than they chose to present. Well, it costs a lot of money
2: to fly people over from those countries, too, I would imagine.
1: Oh, yes. Just flying people in from, what, China?
2: Yes, wow. that, was, that was a biggie. But he's the head of one of the you know the largest, uh, or one of the heads of the largest civilian UFO group by far, probably bigger than all the others combined.
1: Did he have a pretty good command of English?
2: He had no command of English. Everything was done in Chinese with a live translation uh, over headphones.
1: So you had to actually hire a translator. You know, I'm mm-hmm. thinking here, too, we have somebody here who the spent... The entire
2: proceedings were translated, I think, into Chinese.
1: I'm thinking here, we have somebody who gave $600,000 to stage this event. Now, imagine if you put $600,000 into solid UFO research. Because this event, you know, obviously a lot of information was presented new to people who were former members of Congress. But would it have served people better? And this is maybe a final question to deal with here, Chris.
2: Well, yeah, that's, you know, again, you know, I I just... I drool when I think of of seven, you know, six high, mid to high six figure uh, budgets and stuff. With six hundred thousand dollars, we could have wired up five of the hottest uh, UFO hotspots in the country, uh, in North America, and had twenty four seven coverage of these areas, uh, gathering triangulated uh, scientific, uh, hard to refute scientific data. So. uh you know, it, whether it was cost-effective in the long run or not, I don't know. To me, it was a lot of kind of window dressing, and, you know, uh, I'm going to have to think about that. Let's see how the rest of the week plays out. I'm sure I will have my commentary about that. But but at, at, at this point, no, I don't think that it was uh, money well spent based on what may be the outcome.
1: Chris O'Brien, by the way, has his own site, OurStrangePlanet.com. That's OurStrangePlanet.com. Still undergoing renovation. And by the way, if you want to order one of his books, just write to Chris from the site. He'll take care of it because they haven't put up the store yet. You can find us, by the way, on Twitter. We are The PowerCast. We are The PowerCast on Twitter. You can also find us on Facebook. Look for Gene Steinberg or The PowerCast Fan Club. There are two of those. This week, we've been covering this citizen hearing on disclosure in Washington, D.C. And with Gene and Chris...